0: We're not just doing this for money, we're doing it for a shitload of money. Are you going to eat your tots? Who the fuck said that? You got
1: the wrong guy, I'm the dude, man. Bro, I don't want the fuck, goddammit. I'm a damn man. Are you going to bark all day, buggy? Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I shut my eye out! Right That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over! I don't know if that guy's
0: off with. Yes, it's true. This
1: man has them. Great stuff! Get the fuck out of my face with that. You are a boy! Why the fuck would you do a thing like that? Holy shit,
0: make things work. This thing a machine. All that is crap starting you.
1: What
2: is you came from some else. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: No, Robbie, not like Europe.
3: Good, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to movie night, man. I'll be your host tonight on Dead Muffin, and with me are uh, two of the most awesome, most tough-ass motherfucking, truth-telling freedom fighters out there. Give us your names.
2: Uh, hi, this is Kingstown Ted. Oh, wait, no, this is the Apocalypse Dan, sorry. <laughs> I thought I was a real podcaster for a minute. No, I'm not.
4: <laughs> hey, this is Jay Dirty. I already know I'm not a real podcaster. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ah, but keep on fighting the good fight and telling the truth, brothers! Because tonight we talk about District 9 and aliens and the, the shit the government doesn't want you to know about and how they kept aliens down South Africa since 1982 to 2010. Some really deep shit. This episode's one that the governments of the world don't want us to get out so badly they even stopped our recording when we previously recorded this, and man... We're just going to fight the fucking system. We're going to fight them down. And let's get into what we've been watching this last week. <laughs> All righty. Well, since wow. it's. <laughs> was it as good as. Okay, I'm dead, man. Was it, was it good? Good stuff. Yeah, uh, you did good, buddy. Uh Not as good as the first time, though.
2: That's okay. <sighs> you know, we, we can't help it if there's a global conspiracy to shut down the podcast uh, someone in the government i'm not saying who but perhaps a certain newly elected regime you know might have gone against us for some of our past comments mm. <laughs> uh,
3: i don't know man it's tough it's just tough
2: all right well i guess maybe the twitter people are hunting hunt you down it's hard to say
3: oh god yeah twitter shit but at least they
2: apologized. So what is yeah, it with Twitter? you and
4: pissing off everybody in Twitter?
2: I don't know. How'd you, when'd you, you find out? You should try and be less confrontational like me on dead. I, I get along anything. with
4: every, <laughs> I didn't know anything about what happened in Twitter, but I just know that you have a tendency to piss people off in Twitter.
3: I don't want to get in about it because next thing I know, somebody will holler. And I'm holler, be hollering. God, I can't even fucking speak English now. People will be saying that I'm spewing hate crimes and hate messages on the podcast and get us fucking shut down.
4: (laughs) Yeah, they'll never shut us down.
3: Yeah. We're the podcast that won't be shut down by the man or the woman.
2: But we will be shut down by our own laziness or yeah. our own inability to coordinate our schedules. That'll that'll kick us in the ass every time. But the man will never put us down. Yeah.
0: Ooh. Jay,
3: Jay might get us down because he was off, or
2: or you and know, if Stan needs was to it? take a nap, yeah. or uh, if Fun dead forgets to hit the record button, <laughs> you know. You know our own it's... incompetence or laziness will definitely get in our way but <laughs> well, we day. are man, we are recording
3: 1 a.m. this is
2: <laughs> this is smooth listening with late night movie night <laughs> with with the amount of money that we're making from this i really think we should put more effort into it we really again. should yeah.
4: but yeah. you know
2: i mean whenever you're dealing with six figures it's time to start taking stuff seriously you just get six <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: and in that vein, this week we're going to talk about our new sponsor, The Fleshlight Oh wait, that's another <laughs> podcast Damn, do yeah. we have any sponsors yet? Um, Black and Decker Pecker Wrecker
3: <laughs> I, oh, I think Blizzard god. Entertainment
2: is our sponsor Or at least two-thirds of the show are sponsoring uh, Blizzard Entertainment
4: <laughs> 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 oh, oh my Pepper. god
3: Burger King Without Burger King, King, I wouldn't have a place to sit Mm -hmm. while my wife's at her second job (laughs) and see mothers beat their children over not being on Team Jacob. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, yay,
2: twiggy. So, so uh, Undead Muff, what have you watched in the past 15 weeks since we last recorded? Well, I've watched a lot of Beavis and Butthead. I've watched.
3: Oh, my God. I've
2: re-watched
3: King of the Hill. I'm wanting to watch The Office again, and and some other. I'm actually going to watch Spy Kids later, since I found out that um, the same guy was involved with those. And for some Mike Judge, I couldn't think of his name there for a moment. But uh, speaking of spy movies, I actually watched the uh,
2: Jackie Chan. Whoa, wait, halt! You're talking about Mike Judge stuff. Have you seen Idiocracy yet? Yes, I love Idiocracy. Okay, I was going to say, because you cannot do a sweep of Mike Judge without covering that movie, which is isn't obviously there, the, the pinnacle of all of his quality works.
3: Isn't Don't I have, like, a idiocracy... Yeah, I got, like, several idiocracy things right here on the uh, soundboard. Let's see here... Where's that? <laughs> Where the fuck is... Y- oh. Next on the
5: Violence Channel, an all-new how
3: yeah, there's one of them. I can't yeah, find that
2: one. That new reality TV show that they've got out there, which is supposed to look like the Japanese game shows, reminds me of Owl My Balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Owl My Balls. I'm sorry, Undead. So you you're telling us all the stuff you watched.
3: Yeah, I watched that spectacular Jackie Chan movie, which has to be one of the worst Jackie Chan movies I've ever seen, but it was still entertaining because in the form of all these kick-ass guys turning to babysitting movies it has to be one of the better ones it's uh spinex door um yeah it's a predictable movie but it's worth watching because it's jackie chan he's old now and he does his own stunt still yet and just don't let yourself throw up over the didn't, russian woman
2: didn't jay review this one last,
3: last yes podcast? yes
2: i did
4: and I liked it more than did apparently.
2: Well, I liked it. It was just...
4: Um... Oh, no, don't try to save yourself now. Hell with it. Talk shit about the movies that I, lo- I watch. I'm not offended. Don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Jay's riding the ragged edge. Jay, do you need to take a heroin break really quick?
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Are you down with the sickness? The heroin sickness. Is that
2: what that song is about? Is no, no about heroin. No, but oh, okay. I, was I think say, of it. Damn, that's such <laughs> <good> insight. <laughs> I don't think it is. Uh, oh,
3: I just God. know that a lot of heroin addicts say that when they are kind of getting down, they're feeling the sickness. So I don't know if that's what that's about or not. But fuck it, I I'm, I'm going
2: to say unequivocally right now. Yes, it is. That's absolutely what it
3: means.
2: <laughs> <laughs> God damn, they're. Disturbed and heroin addicts. You know, when I was riding the H train, that's what we always called it. The Cygnus. Yeah. And then my
3: uh, wife decided to get this good old... <sighs> newly... God damn it, Disney movie that was supposed to be really great because it was animated. And Disney hasn't actually put anybody to work in forever to animate anything traditionally. And that was that princess and the frog movie. And yeah, it was good. But as far as Disney animated movies with princesses in it go, and yeah, I'm a fan of like beauty and the beast and little mermaid and stuff. I'm not afraid to admit that this one was lacking. The songs are not that memorable. In fact, I don't think I can recall any of the songs off the top of my head. And it was a good movie. It's just, they could have done better with their songs. The only thing I do remember about the movie that I really liked was the little firefly who was in love with a star and thought it was his lady.
2: So, so, one, Dad, I think it's time for you to come forward and admit it. You hated this movie because the little princess is black, isn't it?
3: Oh hell yeah, I hate them! There black princesses in these here Disney
4: movies.
3: <laughs> they should be Ladies. picking cotton.
4: Oh my god.
3: Wow.
2: No. Wow. I'm not a. Racist. You're going You're gonna. You're gonna cost us our rightful place in the uh, Library of Congress as the best movie podcast ever, and you, it was all. It all happened right here. You do know I <sighs> upload us directly to the Library of Congress, so we are already. There. Yeah, I got. I got a. Res, I got a, uh, a letter from Obama last week. We were tweeting back and forth, and, <laughs> uh, and he said, you "Got your latest episode. Really enjoyed it. Later." <laughs> And then he used the NN word, which I can't use because I'm white and uh, but he can.
3: N word? So a... two Ns? N- yeah. Nigger I don't Naggers. see Snaggers. Snaggers! No, no, oh he, man. He's... Now I'm gonna get known as the nigger guy.
4: <laughs> oh my god.
3: You don't watch
2: Wow. Up. I hope. Will you please I, beep uh, that? Oh, that, my God. That is hate speech, and you're going to get banned from Twitter for that sort of stuff. <laughs> I would never use a word like that. I and should... I would just like to apologize to any and all African Americans who might be listening to our show. Normally, we try and keep Undead on a short leash, but <laughs> since he's in charge this week, uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't just know what to speaking do. Speaking
3: the truth, man. Speaking the truth.
2: <laughs> why did we lose the first recording and not this one <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: well <laughs> my wife has a tendency of finding in these movies that seem like they are Hallmark movies and I don't really want to watch them at first and this one's called Timer and uh, this one seemed like a Hallmark movie but what makes them so fucking awesome is they they seem like they have no rating at all because it's a good old cheery homeworky movie with a lot of cursing and a lot of talk about situations that don't happen in homework movies, but it looks like it's done by the same group of people. And the story of this movie was all about in the future, they can put this little digital clock into your wrist and it will tell you the exact time when you're supposed to fall in love, uh, find the love of your life. And it's about this woman who had hers put in, but no numbers are showing up. And uh, <laughs> it was actually good. I want you know, it. it's somewhat predictable, but then at the end it takes a refreshing twist that pissed my wife off. But you know what? I like how it ended it. Because it was refreshing to see a movie like that take this turn and everyone kill themselves? No, that isn't what happened. I'm not gonna ruin it. Uh just su- I would actually suggest everybody go watch Timer. Oh fuck, that's not we're not even on that. See, I'm hosting this week and I'm screwing it like the pooch. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
2: And then my last, you one. know, that's something that we need on the soundboard. We need that line from Shakes the Clown that <laughs> says, "After that camera's off, he's gonna fuck that little dog." Because anytime we screw the pooch, we have to play that sounder. Yeah.
4: Nice. Uh,
3: like every time that
2: Jay, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I use that line when there's something like really creepy on a movie or a TV show. I always say that, and it gets a good laugh around here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay, and the last one I watched was Gentleman Broncos, and uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's, about, it's, it's done by the guy who did Napoleon Dynamite, and it's really fucking good. Uh, so many podcasts and so many movie review websites are just dogging the shit out of this film. And to them, they just need to go fuck themselves in the ass with a barbed wire pole. And, uh, Wow. because it's, it's a good movie. Maybe I take it a little bit more, uh, liking to it because where I'm a somewhat writer, I've not been published, but it's basically that type of story. The boy writes a, a science fiction novel. Uh, he winds up meeting the, uh, his, uh, Worshipping, he worships this uh, science fiction writer, and he's hosting this writing camp. He goes there. The his favorite writer steals his book idea, changes the names, and makes the main character into a tranny, which is like, uh, you know, adding even more insult to it because the young boy based the main character off of his dead father. So, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, it's a good movie, and unlike most of the other movies that this guy does, not just the main character is the weirdo. In this movie, the whole fucking town are, is weirdos, and the main character is the only one who thinks logically and
2: doesn't try to say he can do all this crazy shit. Wait a minute, because I, I <laughs> watched and loved Napoleon Dynamite, and I watched and loved... Nacho Libre, and there was not a single normal character in any of those movies.
3: No, that's what I'm saying. So I there would say was none. that
2: this is a radical departure. Well, you're Go saying ahead. that unlike in his previous movies, it's not just the main character who's the weirdo, it's everyone, and that was that's pretty much the hallmark, and I think that's the big draw of those movies. is It's a uh, it's almost a Coen Brothers-like approach, where every fucking person in the entire story has something dramatically wrong with them, and and the fun is watching how they all interact, and you know everything falls apart yeah
3: cuz i mean it's it's just kind this one's you know has the same feel but your main character he's just you know it's not like you're watching napoleon and it's not like you're watching nacho it's you know everybody around it seems like everybody around this main character seems like they're from that universe and even the the boy himself even though he thinks straight his book is just fucked up because they show little cutscenes to make it look like the 1970 uh, science fiction TV shows, and his book is about like this dude waking up. This guy named Bronco wakes up on a alien operating table, and the aliens explain to him why they had to remove one of his testicles, and they'll give it back to him.
0: <laughs>
3: and there are laser sided deers that fly around and have lasers and machine guns. That come out of them, and a cannon out of one of their asses. So, even though he's normal to us, when he rots, he's just like everyone else in the movie. So I think that's how, you know, I don't know. I think I bought into this movie a little bit more than I should have, but I like it. And I am done with blabbing about the shit
2: cool. I fucking watch. Go on, Dan. Yeah, you're next. Alrighty. <laughs> well, um. <laughs> I don't have quite the uh, quite the long list of stuff to read like I did uh, last time. First time but <laughs> I have watched uh, an absolute ass load of My Name is Earl. Um, my wife and uh, daughter started watching this about two weeks ago or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that. And I, I was really reluctant to get involved in yet another TV series that was already canceled Um But now I'm like fully hooked on it. We've watched all the way through season three now. It's 60-some episodes all together, and uh, I absolutely love the show. It is so smart, so well-written. Jason Lee is such a good actor. I mean, Mallrats is is really just scratching the surface of what this guy can do. And, you know, you would have also seen him in Dogma. Um, He's a, a regular feature in Kevin Smith movies. The dialogue in this series is so smart. And the stories are so interesting. And, you know, the premise is really simple. It's this guy who's a loser his entire life. Uh, Bad things constantly happen to him because he constantly does bad things. And one day he's watching a TV show while he's recovering in traction from being run over by an old lady. And he sees a Carson Daly interview where, you know, the guy says good things happen to him because of karma. And so this this hillbilly redneck decides he's going to turn his life around by embracing the spirit of karma. And it's a simple premise for the show, but where they go with it is so incredible. Um, uh, really good dialogue. I would recommend someone, even if all you do is just sit through the pilot, I, I think you're going to find out everything you need to know from this show. And it's, it's just awesome. Um, it abandons those typical stereotypes where, you know, all Southerners are stupid. Cause this, this is definitely a Southern style show. Everyone's got accents in it. Um, it does it does touch on a lot of the stereotypes, but without being like demeaning or ignorant about it. It it it's it's just the the better parts of the NASCAR culture, while still being able to point a finger at itself and laugh about some of the stuff. So it, that's all good stuff. Um, besides that, I did watch four movies. Um, they were four fantastic movies, which is really rare to just uh, knock one out of the park with everyone. Um, I'll kind of go over them really briefly and what I liked about them. The first one I watched is uh, Guillermo del Toro's The Orphanage, which was uh, kind of a nascent offering where he was just getting into the, the ghost genre before Devil's Backbone. It is an incredibly detailed story, uh, really well done. It, it, uh, it follows the story of this mother who moves back to the orphanage where she had been raised and, and, I don't remember exactly why she was there. I think she was going to reopen it as like a, a bed and breakfast kind of place or something like that. But those plans are just completely dashed um, when she finds out that the place is, is haunted. And she finds out through her son, who says that there's people in his room and there's people around the building. And, and he's got new friends that he talks to and stuff. It's really smart, really good tense scenes. Um, Guillermo del Toro has such an incredible vision for supernatural horror, um, and he he just does a fantastic job with it. There's um, there's incredibly well done technical elements to it. I mean, you know, you can you see special effects in movies where it looks like people actually die, and and there's one scene in this movie where someone. You know she's gonna die. I mean, you're watching the movie, and it's obvious this person's gonna die any minute. And Del Toro just like throws something in there from uh, from left field, and the death that we watch, like fully on screen, is just it's just jaw dropping. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> is that a if you guys thriller? have seen it, you know which death I'm talking about. Yes, it's, it's about as incredible as as a very similar kind of death that happens in. Uh, The Kiefer Sutherland movie uh, Mirrors. There's just something about facial horror that just really gets to me somewhere deep down inside. So besides The Orphanage, I also saw um, Eli Roth's um, Cabin Fever, which a lot of other podcasts will dog on. Just because for some reason, Eli Roth draws the hatred out of people. And I don't really understand it because I've never seen an Eli Roth movie that I thought was bad. The, the problems that I had with Hostel more had to do with the complete impossibility of the story and and the poor acting that that happened in there. But I didn't fault the direction at all. I thought the movie went really well. Well, Cabin Fever is a much stronger production than than Hostel. In any case, it's uh, it's got all the good elements that made Dead Snow really entertaining without any of the drawbacks. Uh, there's no dead spots in this movie. It Starts out really nice and strong with a really gruesome packed scene with a mutilated dog and and you know we we go into introduction to the characters but they go really fast through it you know we just enough time to meet them I mean they're vapid twenty something so we're really not going to care about them much and Roth doesn't spend a lot of time going over their bag history you know they're going to a cabin we know what they're there for they're there for a fucking party and and that's pretty much all we need to know um, and then we get into the action pretty quickly from there and it it does maintain a nice solid pace there's there's even a little bit of pre-apocalyptic um survival horror going on in it and the effects are incredibly well done there's my particular favorite scene in in the bathtub oh god it's just i had to pause it to keep from throwing up watching it and uh it's just it's just really nerve-wracking so besides that, I also saw uh, Whip It, which has Juliette Lewis and Drew Barrymore, and another chick that I've seen in a bunch of other movies. Um, Who's the name? I'm completely forgetting. I think she was the girl that was in um, Jennifer's Body, but I'm not 100 percent sure.
3: Oh yeah, it That's is. Like it. She is. I it can, is. Yeah, I remember okay.
2: my wife. She's wanting to watch that, and she's brought up. I yeah, like Whip It is. It's. It is incredible. Um, it's it's really humorous it's interesting it's a different kind of drama than i was expecting and i mean it's not an action movie but it's it's smart drama kind of kind of the way a kevin smith one is but without all the uh with all the comedy involved the the characters are very real i mean we have um this girl, her mom is obsessed with beauty pageants and is constantly entering her in beauty pageants until one day she happens to catch a flyer for roller derby and she kinda stumbles her way into this roller <laughs> derby world. It's just it's really interesting. Um I enjoy the interactions. It doesn't go where you're expecting it to go. Uh Juliet Lewis, I absolutely adore her and uh and pretty much any movie she's ever been in. She does a great job in here. Drew Barrymore is fantastic. I I have no complaints. The acting was really well done, the writing was smart, the dialogue was cool. So I would recommend Whip It. Also, and then the last thing I watched is a French swashbuckler movie called On Guard. It's got a couple of alternate names in French. This is a a different kind of swashbuckler movie. Um for one thing, it it kind of harkens back to the older style where they have a little more of the the flashy swordsmanship, but they merge that with a lot better modern special effects there's some some really engaging deaths that happen in this movie that that you're really not expecting from a 70s or early 80s style swashbuckler film i would just have to say that if you enjoy that genre at all um the the swashbuckling films that you should definitely check out on guard it's a nicely told story it does harken back to the older stories. You know, there's there's a guy who ages 20 years and it's the same actor with very little makeup. You know, you just you just know it's 20 years later. And I'm okay with that because, you know, when I see movies like Cyrano de Bergerac with uh, Gerard Depardieu and he ages 20 years and they barely add any makeup at all. It's, that is part of, of the way that genre handles things. Um, you know, it, it, it just happens throughout the whole swashbuckling series of movies and i really enjoyed it it had a really nice well-acted um smart storyline interesting and engaging and it definitely had some twists in there that were unexpected Uh, so that was it four out of four all of them i gave them all four stars and uh they were all good stuff to see so jay on to you
3: well before jay starts I'm sorry, Jay, but it wouldn't be movie night without me interrupting you. Yeah, no, the recording. No, I'm joking. The recording didn't stop, just,
2: but to make, uh, Oh geez, I was going to say, <laughs> if we had to do that again, I'm going to fucking kill myself. To make up <laughs>
3: for Dan losing his extremely energetic reviews. I have something to say about cabin fever and I've been lying for however long since it came out in theaters. Uh, I've always been agreeing with my wife that when I finally went and watched it on DVD, that because uh, she watched it in theaters, I watched it on DVD about three years ago, so I've been lying for the last three years about hating this film. My wife hates it. I actually find it to be a decent film. Um, so there, Dan, to make up for it, now I'm going to be in trouble with my wife for lying about something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, no. righty, Jay, you can go.
4: Okay. <laughs> Well, because of Dan talking about, Talk on about, the last podcast, he talked about seeing Survival of the Dead. I had to go out and see it. Ha,
0: ha, ha.
4: <laughs> he talked about how bad it was and this and that. I just couldn't believe that it could be that bad. Well, I found yeah. out and seen Survival I'm of the Dead. dead. Do,
2: you have your, do you have your beeps ready to go? <laughs> um, yeah. We'll get on. Okay, so tell us how much you love the movie, Corey. Oh. Oh. oh my god
4: Let
3: me write that shit down Because I wasn't expecting that <laughs> Oh fuck What time did you <laughs> see that at
4: Oh that's going to be funny it's a, oh.
2: so, how oh, much Maybe you, love you better delete cool the entire movie? section <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's awesome Actually I absolutely Fucking hated that movie
2: it was an abomination and now do you do you ever listen to motion picture massacre because Vaughn has covered this to some extent he was sent a copy from uh, Danny in the UK and and Vaughn and I have discussed this a couple times um i think once even when we were watching uh dead snow he he sees a lot more merit in it than i do but we we bring up you know different points of it that are interesting he likes uh romero doing his own thing and you know the production value that that went into it considering that basically he had to raise all of his own money and but uh yeah i was just wondering if you had if you heard anything he had to say about it because he as far as i know he is one of the the biggest fans of this particular movie out there
4: no i haven't heard anything that he's had to say about it but uh talking about raising his own money to do this kind of stuff, he should have saved a little bit of fucking money and not done that first uh, shotgun headshot.
2: Thank you. Yeah,
4: <laughs> That is so fucking horrible. I, I would love to see on Mythbusters that be just disproved completely because there is no way in hell that could ever fucking happen. The well, entire uh, head is blown away except for a tiny part of the top of the scalp.
2: They, they talked about it, this movie a little bit on the Splattercast, too, because uh, Vaughn and then Brian from Junkin' Zombie were visitors over on the Splattercast, and they they kind of talked about the opening, and uh, and DJ was saying, you know, just from the opening scene of that movie, where they do that almost Looney Tunes headshot, where the shotgun goes off, and this is a big bitch I had about it, too, the entire middle part of the head disappears, yeah. the of his skull, drops down on top of his neck, and it's like, is this supposed to be a comedy? or? Well, see, that's exactly what no you way.
4: think when well, you first see that. I mean, it that was completely Roadrunner and Bugs Bunny type shit.
3: And that's something I was getting ready to say. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. But <sighs> Romero, for some reason, is wanting to do a little internet comedy thing. And I, I probably is he, why he did that for. That is zombies meets Roadrunner, he said. I don't know if you all seen the interview or not, but he wants to have no. this thing where there is no. a zombie basically playing the part of Wile e. Coyote trying to catch a person. And I'm not making this up. This is actual interviews that you can watch on YouTube. He is wanting to take
2: zombies and make them Looney Tunes. Is there any chance that somebody is supposed to be giving George his meds and maybe they've forgotten <laughs> for a couple of years? Because I... Oh, man. Well, it's now, just, it's when, I know, Now that you say everyone that, Everyone hates man, Diary, but I, I actually like Diary.
4: Now that you say about him needing his meds, just remember what me and Rhino said whenever we seen George Romero at uh, Horror Hound Weekend.
2: I remember actually, you saying that.
4: That he actually had his own handler. He was like the only star there that had to have a handler that walked with him and pushed everybody out of the way so he could walk through without talking to yep. his fans. So it... This kind of gives you an idea of what kind of person he really is.
2: Didn't. Was it Rhino who said that he, he kind of seemed like that crazy old guy who wants to stop next to you at the bus stop and talk to you about the color of his. Yeah. Which <laughs> seems like he's completely out of it now?
4: Yeah, completely. Wow. Yeah. But all in all, to put it a little bit more short than what it has been, Survival of the Dead, horrible. Didn't like it. Uh, I did like... I can't say I didn't like the entire movie. I did like some aspects of the movie. The whole... I'm sure you've already heard about it, Undead, so it shouldn't be a spoiler. The
3: horseback thing? Yeah, the horseback
4: oh, thing. Oh, 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 oh. That And and. then they eat the... And then she eats the horse. I, I didn't mean,
2: know that.
4: Oh, it's not a... You see the, it coming a the mile. The twin fucking sister way. was,
2: was a, just a fucking club upside a baby seal's head for me just to to introduce such a lame device in the middle of the movie was really bad but you know jay i'm gonna agree with you the movie was not entirely without merit for me the problems were is that the moments that had merit were scattered throughout this yeah exactly
4: and And there uh, was a man it seemed like there was a lot of exposition in this movie Talking about yeah, the and, feud and everything, and it's just stuff. That, a lot of
2: exposition we just didn't need, and yes, that Romero it, never seemed to have in his earlier films. I mean, when we, when we do Dawn of the Dead, the original, we don't get a lot of background. We know that they're cops. We have a pretty good idea what they're doing because the movie, you know, goes into their job right away. This would be if this movie were shot in the same way. We would have had an hour talking about what their unit was supposed to be doing and and how they knew uh the no it would just it would have been brutal
4: oh i'm glad that a
2: recent element and not something he was stricken with in the beginning
4: oh yeah but man it was it was bad and so much exposition that i just could give a shit less about that really had no interest in the movie at all it was just like basically seemed like it was put in there for filler and oh it was just horrible but on to a much better movie. Barney and which, Friends? Well, yes.
3: You've
2: been,
4: you've been paying attention to my Netflix, haven't you? I have. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: occasionally my daughter will make some snide remark about what my friends are watching. And whenever she sees what Jay dirty is watching, she always says, Is your friend like a preschooler or something? <laughs> I said, No, that's probably his wife and kids watching stuff. Yeah. She says, Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah
4: i know i need to get i, I do say though, if, if i
2: ever see you watching teletubbies i'm going to send a message to you and it'll it'll be filled with some swear words so just in case your kids are watching i <laughs> try and like smarten up the dialogue a little bit i'm gonna make
4: sure teletubbies do not ever show up on my instant queue. barney <laughs> is barney is bad enough teletubbies can't handle
2: yeah, my daughter added a bunch of shit to the Netflix queue, and I just went in and deleted it after she
4: was done. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on to a better movie. Uh, I and It was another one of your recommendations, Dan, to continue with my Dan's recommendation movie suggestions.
0: <laughs>
4: I sat down and watched Snatch. Nice. And that is a fucking kick-ass movie. I'm going to have to
3: rewatch and, that. I didn't care much for it.
4: Um, I don't know how I missed this goddamn movie. It's got fucking Jason Statham in it. I just don't understand how I missed this. I I thought I had seen basically every movie that he's been in. And then I see him in this. And it... Man, it's such a good movie. Now oh, yeah. J- the Jason, scenes
2: with the dog alone are just oh, fucking yeah. fantastic. <laughs> and the Mikey's... No- Oh, the what did you think of Brad Pitt's performance in this? Oh my because god, it was
4: so awesome when he, he was playing. He
2: has almost no discernible lines of dialogue in the entire oh. movie. He talks, but it's not in any language anyone yeah. can recognize. What did they call that? What, what was his? Uh, pike. Yeah, pike. They're pikes. Pike. Basically, yeah. they're they're kind of like. Irish gypsies. They the gypsy, were,
4: that's what they reminded me of.
2: They, they were basically gypsies from Ireland that moved into mainland England and they just travel around in their caravans and this is an actual like sort of ethnic group in England and they basically occupy the same niche as gypsies.
4: And you could tell too from the way they were living in the like little trailer park type area and they were living out of vehicles and basically miniature mobile homes. But yeah, everything he said, you're just sitting there going, what What did he just say? I, I don't understand. But it, obviously it didn't have anything to really do with the movie. It was just mainly to show what kind of character he was, which was extremely fucking cool. And the fight scenes in this movie, that was, was awesome. All the different kinds of fights they had, like the fight on the on the docks and the like you said with the dogs and that dog fight was just fucking amazing
2: one of the uh one of the really strong points for snatch has always been the way that guy ritchie pieces together the action scenes a lot of times we'll see action from point d drop to c and then a and b and then we'll hit f g and e and in that kind of an order where where you see everything, and, and Tarantino does this a lot of times too. Where we'll see the after effects before we see the action itself. And uh, what did you think of that, Jay?
4: Oh, that was pretty fucking Specifically awesome. Specifically,
2: the scene where a certain person gets run over by uh, by three gentlemen.
4: Oh yeah,
2: in a tiny car.
4: That was. I think
2: I think Boris uh, Boris somethinger that gets run over by the three guys in a car. Yeah, and, and that the... piece together really strange. <laughs>
4: But it was. That, but that's, see, that's the thing I like about this kind of movie. It's, they do a lot of that strange stuff that you don't really see a whole lot of. But because they do that, you're just sitting there looking at it the entire time going, well, I've never seen that before. That's pretty fucking awesome. And that's yeah. just one of the things that got me on this movie, which I, I believe you said it was a five star movie, Dan.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's an yeah, unreserved five star. Yeah. Definitely Guy best film ever.
4: Yeah, I definitely have to agree. That was it was just an amazing movie, and I'm glad that you happened to recommend that one. And I came across it and got a hold of it and watched it, and it'll definitely be one that I own. Don't know well, if
2: you
4: do definitely, w- you know definitely want to add. Uh, not,
2: but. it's not on interview, no. But it, it's on Netflix and stuff. But you you want to add uh, the bank job to that too, since you definitely oh, like yeah. Jason Statham and and Guy Ritchie kind of action. Um, the bank job. Is less action-heavy, it's more drama, but it's another really, really smart uh, crime caper kind of film, and it's got a lot of stuff to recommend in it.
3: And yeah, it's also. based off a
2: true story, so... Yes, it is, which I, I had no idea watching it that it was based off a true story, and I'm like, that's eh, bullshit, there's no way this is a true story. Yep, it actually <laughs> is.
4: That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either, so that's definitely one that I'll have to put in my queue. And my last uh thing that Jesus, I Jesus, you're this still thing. going? Fuck yeah. <sighs> I'm, I'm
2: I'm beating the record oh, man, tonight, I, guys. I, I've gotten official uh notification from this is Jay Dirty, but Jay can keep going all night long.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I just got something from the White House desk. He needs a rap I'm joking. <laughs> 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 Rapid the fuck? No, I'm just playing with you. What the hell was it? I'll just quit. No, don't quit on it. Slash
2: pod quit. <laughs> slash pod quit. Uh oh. Now we're gonna be down to two podcasters. What the hell? <laughs>
3: yeah. That's too
2: gay. We'll, back, we'll, we'll have to give a kind of an update on that when we get the feedback and stuff like that. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. And uh the last thing I watched was I am up to and through Buffy season five.
2: Oh, wow. You're just getting to, like, the absolute hardcore episodes.
4: Yeah, there's, what, seven seasons, right?
2: You've seen, you've seen Hush by now, right? Which is the one that they actually got uh, an Emmy nomination for. It um, was the entirely silent episode with the, oh, uh, the yeah. gentleman.
4: Yeah, God, that was, was that freaking convenient. awesome. They made it where nobody could scream no one
2: could speak i mean yeah nobody could incredible. do anything they
4: couldn't even make a sound and that was so fucking cool you
2: you heard the production sounds and stuff like that but no one could speak god i just love that and it it's another one of those uh guillermo, guillermo del toro kind of things where they went back into uh into myth and they pulled out a creature from irish legend that pretty much no one has heard of anymore uh, there's a, a particular kind of fae that are supposed to steal voices and uh and and they did a whole story about that, and wow, it was just fucking awesome. Yeah,
4: it was kick-ass. And, because at first I started messing with the volume, I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then I think one of the things they do is they do something to make a loud sound to show that they're not deaf, they just can't talk. And I'm like, oh, it's a silent episode. Then they start getting into the story and everything, and it it is definitely yep. extremely cool. But yeah, I'm just now getting into season six, and... I'm gonna nice. be so pissed off once I get through season seven and
2: yeah, you don't get to see they, it anymore. I don't remember. I think it's season six where they do once more with feeling. Uh, it could be season seven, but I'm, I'm gonna guess season six, and that's that's probably the best episode, best single episode of an absolutely stellar show. Um, even some of the season six stuff is is really powerful because I think at the end of season five she dies again.
4: Yeah, at the end um, of season so five, that's where she, she dies.
2: collapses into the into the portal and dies to save Dawn and everything, and
4: yep, to yeah, try to destroy the or keep the god from opening the portal right. to. So
2: yeah, season six is where we get once more with feeling, and where we get the whole Buffy resurrection storyline. And if you think they've had lots of spike up till now, season six spike comes on just a hundred and ten degrees of strong.
4: Oh man! Speaking of Spike, man, uh, <laughs> have from, you been following Angel? Because no, see, I haven't done his anything with Angel. Close into
2: Angel at this point. Yeah,
4: because I I've, I just decided that I was gonna go ahead and do all of uh, Buffy, then I'll start from season one of Angel and do all of Angel. <laughs> but oh my God, Spike used to be like as soon as as soon as he came in, I'm like, and you know, he starts calling himself the big bad. I'm instantly a fan of this <laughs> character. And just his the way he has evolved into being the character that he is, man, is just oh, yeah. fucking awesome. I mean, talking talk about the vampire that's killed two slayers, and and this is season four and five when you find this shit out, and actually he's in love with Buffy. Yeah, it's, well, it's pretty fucking amazing.
2: Yeah, it's good stuff. I I, I know a lot of people. Um, even in the the horror podcasting community, panned it off as you know bubblegum TV and stuff like that. But I've always thought it was so much more. I I, I think it's got really smart, interesting writing. And, well, I love uh, all
4: the new uh, demons and stuff they come up with. They don't seem to get really ever seem to get old. Like um, speaking of season uh, five, uh, yeah, five when they had to fight the god through the entire season. But it was not Mm -hmm. an entire season revolving around that person. They actually had to fight other stuff. Then in one or two more episodes later, they came back and had to figure out something with this one. and It just really never got boring to me at all.
2: I think it's season seven where they bring Nathan Fillion in as the preacher. And I I love Nathan Fillion. He was in uh, Slither and Firefly and everything. Oh, I like Slither. He's a villain in, uh, I'm pretty sure it's season seven. And, I mean, it, it It brings in some really interesting stuff there, too.
4: Hell, yeah. But that's what I have
3: watched. Awesome. Well, so now on to suggestions. Oh, that that's movie night for uh, this week. We'll see you guys next
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Well, I have a whole list of suggestions. No. Um, only thing I'm going <laughs> to suggest is Gentleman Broncos or maybe Timer. You know what? Go watch both of them. If you're a um, if you're a fan of just things that seem out of place, watch Timer. And if you're a fan of the whole come uh, on, I don't know why my brain's drawing a blank, Napoleon Dynamite thing, go watch Gentleman Broncos, and then switch them, watch them. Yeah, go Dan. Oh
2: no,
3: you go ahead and go next. <laughs> I got
2: to look something up real quick.
4: Oh, Okay. Now, um, definitely say watch Snatch. Snatch is fucking excellent. And I've said from the beginning of Buffy, watch Buffy. Like I said before, first season's kind of slow. Get past the first season. From there on to season six is just fucking amazing. Completely entertaining. Keep you staring at the TV screen the entire fucking 42 minutes or whatever it takes to do an episode. And I would have to actually say to watch Survival of the Dead... And, like, just go into it with an open mind and listen to what Dan has said prior and I have said now. And if you have a completely different opinion, like you think it's an extremely good movie or anything, you're wrong. But
2: <laughs> you are more than I, welcome. i am interested in hearing, if, you know, I mean, if someone wants to call in and defend it, I've, I've definitely what heard I what say. Vaughn has to say about it. I, I really and want it's to intriguing. Somebody... He brings up some good points, but I'd like to hear some other people come in and defend it and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd tell really us like to how hear
4: somebody uh, get a hold of us and defend it. And if you'd like to do that, uh, send us an email
2: at podcast at gmail.com. Or you could call into our voicemail at two zero six 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 five
3: two three nine. Awesome.
2: That was slick. So my recommendation for this week is going to be another podcast. I'm going to recommend that people go check out the Survival Podcast. It's, uh, it's host, Jack Spirico. He's It's usually hit and miss with me. I mean, not every episode applies directly to what I'm doing. But uh, episode 462, he's got an interview with Dave Canterbury from uh, Dual Survival. It's a new survival show that's on uh, Discovery. And this interview is incredible because I had no idea who this uh, – who this dave canterbury was i knew who cody lundin was because i've read one of his books and part of another one of his books and uh and cody and i definitely don't see eye to eye on what people need to do to survive cody is one of those bush hippie you know holistic living kind of people and dave canterbury is as much as i love Les stroud dave canterbury is kind of like a real life chuck norris merged with les stroud with a little bit of terminator thrown in he's (laughs) nice fucking incredible and uh and a really decent guy he does tons of charity work for survival uh groups and stuff like that and runs survival uh free of charge survival camps for uh, underprivileged kids and stuff like that which is awesome but anyways episode 462 is an interview with dave canterbury and then uh, you should probably check out Dual Survival on Discovery Channel. July 4th, they're going to be doing a marathon of all the episodes that are out so far. It's, it's entertaining and very interesting. And Watching the, uh, the playoff between Cody Lundin's uh, wacky, barefoot, hippie living and Dave Canterbury's like, rock-solid survival advice is, is really awesome. It makes the world without less drought a little easier to bear.
3: <laughs>
2: That's my recommendation.
3: Alrighty. Well, I'm going to try something a little bit different to take us into our uh, main movie. So, this is just a substitute filler for it, just because where we mentioned Quentin Tarantino earlier. Alrighty. What the
2: fuck? I what uh, am I-, I, I just want to say, Undead, that was fucking awesome. Holy shit, it's still playing uh, more yeah.
3: shit. Stop it. Stop playing all that shit, you fucking YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> oh no.
2: Undead's gonna nerd rage on us now. Well, it was really awesome the sound clip that you play. Uh, I just pulled yeah. it up on down afterwards, you know me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was
3: I, awesome, I've been trying to think of uh, something to put there. And then whoever mentioned Quentin Tarantino earlier, plant that seed in my tiny, tiny little brain. <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. Nicely done, sir. Nicely done.
3: Thanks to YouTube, the only place you have to go to find videos such as Eatin' the Poo Poo. If you don't know what it is, go to YouTube and look it up. They sponsor us now because I say they do, and they're going to start signing us some checks. <laughs> alrighty so here's the uh, big old government conspiracy movie of District 9. That uh, they really let me make sure these are this is recording. I'm getting paranoid here. Need some more reefer, some shit. Calm the nerves. District 9. Apparently, supposedly in this alternate universe that this movie's based uh 1982, aliens land over... What was the name of the the fucking city?
2: Johannesburg,
3: South Africa. Johannesburg, South Africa. And uh, it's a mothership, just hovers there, and they decide to crack in. They find all these sickly aliens, so they create District 9 to house them here on Earth 20-some-odd years later. They are... Basically, Mexicans. <laughs> oh, <God>. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm dead.
2: I'm, so,
0: with you? Oh, I'm sorry. They're
2: basically any wow. possible race. I, I think you need to. I think you need to change your. Uh... Your Xbox avatar to have like a little white hood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just, I just. um, The opinions of Undead Muffin are property of Undead Muffin Enterprises exclusively, and (laughs) do not reflect the less bigoted viewpoints of the other hosts of this show. Uh,
4: Nice,
3: but yeah, any all races have their lazy, don't want to do anything, and don't. I mean. I look around here in eastern Kentucky and see the people are happy to fool the welfare system and say their backs are bad, draw that check, and not do anything but leech off the government when there's actual people out there that have problems and can't get them. If you're hearing me,
2: government. (laughs) I I disagree a little bit with with that portrayal of the, uh, the prawn in this movie, because it's not so much that they're living off the government take, if anything, it's that the government has like walled them in and just ditched them. They, they don't seem to have any kind of an outlet at all. There's no, these are, these are clearly a, a worker species without any overseers that are readily apparent, you know, at least until a little later in the movie and they just have no work. So they're, they're worker ants with no work to do. And so they just, they dwell in this sealed off cesspit that the government has set aside for them, you know, and there's just no way for them to get out. There's no way for them to advance their station in life. And none of them seem to care about that either. They're just well, they're very simple beasts of burden, barely a step above animals.
3: Yeah. But that whole non caring is, is just where I get that whole impression there because it's just like, like, like I said, people around here, instead of, Teaching their children, hey, just because I want to be lazy, you don't have to be lazy. They don't try to get out of it. And that's where I'm feeling that that instead of, you know, I know we have the one uh, Christopher who raises his son and tries to teach his son to, um, you know, how to leave Earth. But the rest of them are just content on leeching off of the planet and staying here. And just being a you know pretty much a nuisance instead of trying to change their situation. Hmm.
2: I I saw it. I saw it from a different viewpoint because you know again, it's not in my mind. It's not so much that they were lazy and they were depending on the government to pull them out or anything else. You know, any kind of a Katrina itis or anything else like that. I saw it more as the, the government. You know, walled them in there and they didn't have any desire to get out, nor did the government have any desire to help them. But in my mind, the reason that 99.9% of them just sat there in District 9 where they were is because they were these worker drones. They Genetically, they didn't have any greater ambition or any greater intelligence. And what we see in Christopher and uh, his son aren't just two individual, you know, an individual who decided to do better for himself and his son. I, I see them as a genetically divergent species within the prawn. And there may have been other overseer types in there. And, and really in, in my mind, the story that I filled in for this, which, um, camp doesn't give us any idea what makes Christopher so different. So I just had to kind of guess, uh, it's obvious that Christopher has been there since, uh, spoiler alert, something happens to the mothership and a piece of it was removed. um, It's obvious that Christopher has been there from from the get-go, and in my mind, he was a little overseer prawnling that happened to be in that section when it ejected and, and did all this on his own, because there's just no evidence from any of the other prawn that they have that level of intelligence whatsoever.
4: Agreed. Completely.
2: You know, and I just thought of something, too. The only other prawn that we see in the entire movie that has that level of intelligence doesn't happen until the end of the movie... And maybe it has something to do with what's in that canister that makes the smart ones.
3: Yeah, because uh, if you think true. about
2: it, Christopher
3: kind of yeah. realizes way too fast what could have done that. Oh, hmm. There's something interesting, to think it's about. interesting
2: that I, that's a, that's another really good aspect of this whole movie. Is there's a lot to talk about, and and I think that one of the strengths of District 9 is the fact that they don't pile on that sci-fi channel exposition where we have half an hour explaining to you what's going on. This movie literally launches you in after all the action is completed. Um, they take us back through interviews with people and um, found footage kind of stuff, as well as actual you know, film, the, the body of the movie itself, to tell us what happened like two or three years ago
4: yes, and
2: and all the events that happened here. So, you know, by the time we start the movie, they're talking about our main character, Vicus van de Mervwa, as a a past tense. You know, there is no more Vicus. He's dead, vanished, whatever. Uh, and then we're going to go back and we're going to review his story and find out why the government swept in and seized all of his belongings and why his wife is still holding on to you know, junky little pieces of paper mache ashtrays that he made her and stuff like that. And, and, and really that's, this film starts out in, in the past tense, you know, this is all, all this happened. And now we're going to walk you back into how it came out this way. And there is not lengthy exposition. They, they throw exposition out there, but it's, it's all fastballs. You have to be able to catch it and process it in your brain. And this movie stands up to repeated viewing because you're constantly picking out new things that you miss the first run through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the can't, cannot go
3: with a review without talking about how fucking amazing these special effects are when they, the mothership is always there in in the background because, you know, even after they get the, the, the prawn out of it, that, The mothership just never crashes for, you know, it has the, I guess, the energy to stay uh, afloat in the air there for 20 some odd years, non-moving at all, locked into the earth in a way, so it sticks with its rotation. And it's just, where it's always there, it look, I mean, there's, you try to tell yourself that it's not real. But part of your brain will not accept it.
2: At least that's how it is right. for me. It's, it's completely believable presence is there. It it's just it dominates the skyline of the city in in a way that CG just doesn't do. I mean, normally when you look at a city skyline where it has like a CG ship, and I'll use Independence Day as a perfect example. The ship is in crystal clear quality. In District Nine, there is natural smog and haze from the city itself that blurs the outlines of the ship. So you don't get a clear view of it. And when they're in the city itself, everything is in a kind of perpetual shade because this giant fucking ship is floating over the city. And uh, it's just, it's 100% believable. It's it's gotta be uh, Weta Workshop's best special effects to date. And these are the guys who are behind all the special effects in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, And I think they really stepped their game up even another level in this movie.
3: Yeah, and the only other movie I can think about that had such great special effects like that, and it would have to be War of the Worlds, the the remake. Because I thought that the tripods in the remake just looked amazing. Because when they showed them they did the same effect in that they they use natural the environment to cover them,
2: and mm-hmm. that's just something that I, I might have to go back and revisit that because I I thought of that as another one of those slick CGI things where you know they got the unnatural shadows and stuff. I'll, I'll have to check that one out again.
4: It has been a long time.
2: I watched it, and, and I it. I would have said that that it would have been maybe on the order of, or even better than the special effects we saw in Avatar. I mean, to well, be honest with you, it, when we
3: watched it, you it said felt it was
2: better. Reveal. Yeah. Especially their It's certainly, well, certainly when we get to the mech suit that those scenes, were, oh, yeah. were So much more fundamental. And, and ever since I first saw this in the theater, this, this is also like the last movie I've ever seen um, multiple times in the theater um geez it's been years since i've gone and seen a movie twice in a theater and this was one of them that i had to go back and see again the uh the film the the cinematography (laughs) i always have problems with that word but the cinematography (laughs) in, in this movie is really similar to the style of uh my favorite tv show uh the shield where it's not it's not shaky cam it's not steady cam it's it's this entirely unique style of filmmaking that's almost like a character in part of the action without being first-person point of view. Um, I've just kind of coined it kinetic camera because it moves like a character without having any of that jerkiness of shaky cam, you know, like where things go out of focus and stuff like that. Things happen to this camera. uh, Explosions, blood, gore, and stuff like that can interact with the camera but never in a way that, that takes you out of the scene. And it's got uh it 's got jump focus and um out of focus scenes and stuff like that, almost like a pair of eyes reacting to what 's going on and it's just it's such a unique visual look that so other so few other media are able to duplicate that I just keep comparing it to the shield and and uh and that 's you know my favorite series, so this movie gets a lot of its love just from the look awesome so
3: well. I guess, what, go around and, uh, you know, you guys got any, th- Jay? Uh, you've not really oh, yeah. said a whole lot. <laughs>
4: yeah, I've got a lot to say about this movie. Um, mainly, you know, like you guys have been talking, the, the floating mothership that's in the background throughout interviews with some of the people and just, Whenever the normal part of the movie is going on, and you just happen to catch a glimpse of it hovering back there, never moving, never doing anything, just, except for just sitting there, like a big ominous shape that nobody knows what it's capable of. And then you got the that, like Dan said, that one alien, uh, wasn't Christopher, that was extremely smart, and we're never really told exactly why. It's hinted at a few things, but nothing absolutely for sure. And, uh... shit, my mind just went blank.
3: Well, you know, since your mind went blank, I'll give you time to gather that. Since Dan brought that up, I'm starting to think Christopher wasn't... Well, I can't say what I want to say, because it'll ruin it. I don't want to ruin this movie for people.
2: yeah. And One of the also- best parts of this movie is, is the discussion that it spawns because, I mean, I've had observations about the weapons in the movie and, and I've discussed it with, like, everyone that I've seen the movie with and, you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. The cool thing is is this movie never comes out and tells you all this shit. It shows you and lets you decide for yourself and it really it treats the audience like an actual intelligent member of human society. There's enough there visually to keep... I I don't know. I guess your your movie peasants happy where where they're just going to be, but there's enough going on too that uh, elitist assholes like you know the three of us are going to have a (laughs) lot of shit to discuss too. Well, I mean the movie is just it's 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 got such broad appeal and uh, on so many levels. I mean thirty million dollars that is a non budget for a summer blockbuster. There is there is nothing. I mean you look at Spider Man um, two or three. You know we're talking three hundred million. Um, Avatar was like $80 trillion to make. <laughs> this movie was made on $30 million. You can't hire any actors. You can't have any big set-piece battles. You can't have any special effects for $30 million. I, I think like $30 million won't even buy you a Bill Murray drama. cost <laughs> <laughs> of Translation was probably double the budget of this film. And this movie is... You know, it's just incredible with what it's able to bring to the table. It's got, it's got incredibly realistic acting. There, there isn't oh. anyone in this movie who doesn't become the character that they're playing.
4: Yeah, and one of the things I wanted to bring up too was uh, the weapons in this movie. Oh, Dan, you had a very interesting uh, idea about these weapons that they weren't exactly weapons to the aliens.
2: Yeah. You know, and in this, this, this comes the very first time I was watching this movie, it just struck me that, you know, they, they set up that these are worker drones. They are, they aren't intelligent. They aren't motivated. They require direction. And yet they're wandering around with these weapons, which they promptly sell for cat food to the Nigerians and pretty much anyone else who will, you know, give them anything for it. And it just, it's like, well, why were these guys wandering around with weapons on an obvious slave ship? And so my first thought was, well, duh, they're not really weapons, they're tools. And, you know, to, to a sufficiently advanced culture, what we will ascribe as magic is just ordinary technology to them. If you were to take nail guns and uh, air hammers and stuff like that and then transport it back to the Stone Age, those people are going to be completely overawed. You know, look at an acetylene torch. You give that in the hands of a caveman, he's going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, I'd love to I, see a caveman just... say that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be an ex-Geico commercial. But, uh, <laughs> it just it just struck me that so many of these devices that they used could be rivet guns or, you know, uh, leaf blowers or whatever the fuck it is. They're, they're tools that they were using in the uh, in the course of their jobs and yeah and it looks like weapons to us because we don't understand the technology and like and you that said that why these slaves had so many of them
4: and that's like, like you said they're slaves they're not motivated they're not intelligent because if they had any intelligence at all i mean what what was the number originally when the movie started
2: oh i cannot remember
4: it was what 1.5 million or something
3: like that
2: Oh, I think it was I think it was like even less than that. I think they was got it like fifty
3: thousand, wasn't it? Yeah. Wait, no, 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 I
2: think they basically doubled their population in twenty years. So I'm thinking they like got like half a million of these things off the ship and then by the by two thousand and five, which is when this movie takes place. No,
3: it's take I looked it up, it takes place in
2: two thousand ten. <laughs> I looked <laughs> it well, up. That's when sure. time is, but when the the actions with uh Vickis and everything take place, it was supposed to be back a bit. But okay, that's fine. You know, whatever whatever year it takes place in, by the time that action happens, I thought that they had doubled their numbers to like a million. But I could be wrong on that. Maybe, maybe that's some. Well, yeah, I it either seems
3: way, like like the ac- it seems like they are uh, up to a, a million and a half. I thought at the end.
4: Well, like I was saying, if these aliens were any motivated at all or had any form of intelligence like Christopher had, if every one of them picked up one of those weapons. And just fanned out, they could wipe out a country in no time at all.
2: Yeah. Well, you look what you look what two people using just two of these weapons were able to accomplish in an hour. And if you thought you know a million of them armed with, say, ten thousand of these weapons, and their physical abilities, you know, it's, it's obvious that there's something. Wrong with them that that they don't have any motivation or yeah, just, direction. Whatsoever. Just like that They're particular, just sitting around
3: waiting to be told what to do. Well, take about think about it like this: keep them with their their slaves. What if that was you know as bad as it's going to sound? It was a slave ship of sorts, and the reason why it stalled out is they had the idea that they were going to overthrow the people, the, the you know the aliens selling them. So they did that, and then they just basically fucked themselves over because they didn't know how to operate the ship, and, yeah. you know, something like that. The cool like part
2: that, is, just, is we have no idea, and, and maybe there'll be a sequel, and maybe they'll discuss that. Even if they don't, the cool part is, is we can have this discussion. We can say, why did the ship stop? You know, was it a virus? Did Nothing in the movie tells us it could be a virus. It could have been a revolt. It could have just been that, you know...
4: Well, it could have just been that the goddamn ship ran out of of
2: gas. Or or the pilot pulled over to try and, you know, mac on his girlfriend for a while. We don't know why they stopped there. And Blomkamp and the writer, who I guess was also (laughs) Blomkamp, never (laughs) tell. It it leaves it to us to discuss. And it is such smart sci fi because it doesn't try and fill in all those holes. You know, when we watched the original Predator in the 80s, they never really told us a lot of what happened and, and this movie is, you know, even a step up smarter than that. It it leaves it for you to discuss.
3: Well they handle yeah, sci fi and- I'm sorry, go on. Oh no go ahead. They handle sci fi in a way that makes sci fi actually enjoyable because one of my biggest problems about reading science fiction novels, watching certain science fiction movies, is that it's like the creator of it is so egotistical they're like here let me hold your hand as i take you through my journey and they want to explain everything and every little detail and how it got there and this movie says here i'm setting you loose out into my world look at what's there and he, he's he's not
2: being yep. this egotistical asshole with his it, film it's like the difference between a rail shooter and a sandbox game you know yeah. use video oh, game precisely terms. It, District nine drops you in the action. It doesn't preach anything to you. It doesn't give you any additional information. You have pretty much the same thing that Vickis had that Christopher had, and you get to piece all this shit together yourself and try and figure out what's going on. And they- And I just, I just love that, that it leaves so much of it. It just, as a, as a tribute to the, to the viewer saying, you know, dude, use your brain. What do you think's going on? And, and that's what raises it from the level of a popcorn-munching sci-fi thriller into something way more. And there's not yeah, enough and, movies like that now.
4: And they completely set it up, in, in my opinion, with the way the movie went in the most perfect fashion yeah. for a sequel.
2: Well, And, you know, the cool thing is, as Blomkamp has said in interviews, he's not entirely certain he wants to do a sequel.
4: Which would be fine. He would be I mean, okay
2: leaving the story ending out of this. And how much of a fucking mind mind screw would that be if they never had the sequel? And people will talk about it, you know, forever. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that would, that would be so cool. I would love to see a sequel. On the other hand, if they didn't do one, I would still love this movie. And I think, I think that this is a, this is something that the Wachowski brothers really missed out on with the Matrix. If they had stopped the Matrix with the first movie, they could have had something similarly awesome where it was ripe for a sequel, but you know, it just never happened. And by coming out with matrix two and three, they fucked their series over. Yeah, into absolutely. Almost a joke. Who knows? Maybe district 10 would make district nine look stupid. So maybe, maybe we're going to be okay if they never come out with a sequel.
4: Yeah. I'd be completely fine with it. It really would, it would not affect my opinion of this movie at all.
2: Yeah. That's, that's one thing. I
3: don't hold the first movie against its sequels. as. But most of the time, the sequels, as long as the people doing them keep the goal in mind, I mean, there's no doubt that a District Ten is going to be different than District Nine. I, uh, you know, I can't see any way that they could make it, you know, seem like the same movie. But they could still go about because I, I, what I build up, it's going to be a very War of the Worlds type movie without getting into too much. You know, I don't know. I best shut up before I spoil something.
4: Yeah, we don't want to spoil none about this movie. It's on instant. Yeah. Watch the goddamn movie. It's yeah. worth
2: it. And well, one- and there's a couple other movies that are that are worth discussing that are in this really unique kind of subgenre genre of, of sci-fi. And, you know, yeah, it's it's an alien movie. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. But what uh, what people really need to go back and check to, to get this movie in its full scope is they need to check out the movies that are similar to it. Um, War of the Worlds, the original and the remake, are movies that you should definitely check out. They may not be as good as this movie, but they are very close cousins to it and, and interesting stories in their own right. Um, I think that watching Independence Day is another thing that you should take in. Is it as strong as District 9? No. Is it a, a really interesting movie that follows similar storylines? Definitely. And then um, the last one that I want to toss in as a recommend with uh, District 9 is you need to check out the original movie, Alienation. The the two storylines are so close together. I mean, basically in Alienation, this giant mothership full of slaves stops over Los Angeles for an unknown reason uh, and crashes, and they evacuate all the refugees to the slums of Los Angeles, and the movie picks up with what happens when these creatures try and integrate with humans, whereas in District 9, you know, they escort all these creatures off of their ship and then pen them up, and, and you can watch the two stories together and see completely different takes on what happens when a a, a less advanced um, socially but more advanced technologically, culture is subsumed, you know, by basically very powerful barbarians.
4: Oh, hell yeah. Um,
2: and then of course, Alienation then became a series which goes really nicely with it too. But, you know, there, a lot of... I think that you will be able to enjoy a lot more of District 9 if you have Alienation to draw from and see the comparisons because they're they're really, really similar parallel storylines.
3: Yeah. I haven't watched Alienation, but from what I've heard you say and, and other people say... Is it on the instant,
2: or does anybody know? I don't know. I can check it out while uh, while you guys talk about your other feelings about the movie and stuff. My
3: feelings? Oh, wow, you're interested in my feelings, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I've just dumbed this this episode down a little bit, because we have kept it pretty mature all this time. Um well, you have anything else, Jay?
4: Oh, hell yeah. Like I really, really want to stress. I mean, one of the big winners of this film for me is the weapons. I I, I love a movie that can put in weapons that you've never seen before and make them look that goddamn good. Yeah. and I mean, They they I, did it in Aliens with the... Uh,
2: definitely. With the, the pulse g-
4: rifles. Oh, my God. It was so fucking awesome in oh. that movie also.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm going with Jay on this one. I, w- when the three of us sat down to watch it together, we were having, like, mangasms over the incredible array of weaponry that's out there. And every weapon that they pull out is so fucking awesome. I mean, there's one that, like, roasts things in a green flames, And there's <laughs> these sonic weapons. And there's, like, blaster weapons and electronic pulse weapons. And oh, it's just, like...
4: And there's a one... certain big badass... Weapons water it. balloon
2: oh, is basically everything all tied in Oh, one. oh with, without a doubt the there's there's a power suit in this movie which can go toe-to-toe with the uh the power suit from aliens or avatar and i'm not willing to say which one is going to win in the end but what a fucking glorious battle it would be oh, to watch oh yeah that
4: would
3: be an epic yeah. epic fight I'd have to say this one would
2: win. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I think in the spirit of District Nine I, I would leave it in the uh in the minds of each individual viewer to decide how that's gonna go down because <laughs> wow. Hell yeah. Yeah, this 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 movie is, is just incredible summer special effects blockbuster fodder for any dude that's out there. But what makes it so much stronger of a movie is that it doesn't just stop with the special effects. You know, I mean that's that's the that's the realm of Transformers and, uh, you know, every other big blockbuster that's out there. The Spider-Man movies and stuff like that. This movie does way more than that. It tells a compelling and interesting story. Oh, hell yeah. We've got, we've got Vickis van der this this South African um, white guy, uh, Afrikaner. And he is, at the beginning of the movie, clearly a lovable, despicable jerk um he's he's not that smart he's not that interesting if you were to run into him in your day-to-day occupation uh you would say well that's what nepotism gives you it's clear that if he weren't married to the boss's daughter he would have nothing going in his life except for being slightly racist and as the movie progresses (laughs) you know does he go up does he go down we see a really interesting story arc for this character uh, Christopher is the same way, you know. We're we're introduced to him. He's rummaging through a trash heap, and throughout the whole movie, he goes through this distress and a completely CG character. You know, there's it's it's so interesting. This movie, I I, I would say everyone in the world needs to go see this movie. Every yeah. absolutely oh, every yeah. living human on the planet needs to go see this movie. And if they don't see a five star movie out of it. Maybe there's just something inherently wrong with them. Now, they do kind of put out there that
4: uh, Christopher is supposed to be basically the better, for lack of a better term, person in this movie because he shows no discrimination when uh, any of the humans come around or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's nothing would, like that. I would him.
2: question whether or not he's as smart as Vickis, though, because even though in my mind, Christopher may be an overseer or maybe whatever happened to the human character and the, you know, in, in interacting with the, the fuel stuff happened to him, too. We don't know what it is. I'm not entirely certain he's as smart as Vickis. Because he clones off on a slave prawn to hide the fuel stuff. <laughs> <What a dumb laughs> and, uh, you know, it, he's got all this stuff, like, hidden in plain view in his shack, which is, I don't know. It, I, I I think that Vickis might be the, the smarter of the duo. You well, know, maybe yeah, not I, I think technologically so. gifted, but certainly Vickis has... A little bit more street smarts but we see really early on when Vicus gets into a confrontation with one of the mercenaries that Vicus is kind of socially retarded too yeah so it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting look into people yeah and the, the cool thing is is these are real people they're not it's not an actor and a cg monster it's two people that you could reach out and, like, touch on the screen because they're so well-realized, so well-acted that they just have a complete gravity and substance that you just don't see in sci-fi movies. I, I I think they're even more real than the two lead characters in Alien Nation, which were really, really tangible creatures there. You know, even even if you look at the characters in Aliens, they they were awesome, they were well-acted, but in some places they were almost, you know they were they were roles
0: this oh, doesn't yeah. feel like
2: that at all i i don't think that um i got to look up his name cuz i can never remember it i don't think that uh that charlton copley the guy who plays Vickis, he doesn't act like an actor he acts like a real person yeah. running this role out and uh yeah
3: well, speaking of the fact that we find that the the cgi characters the the prawn, are so believable. You can look towards other movies that have C- just completely CGI uh, characters in it that are believable, and I have to say, this this is one of these movies that I feel more for the prawn than I do the Navi in Avatar. Because, oh,
2: yeah. I mean, they're, uh, I mean, they're absolutely. not... They're were, were storyline characters. They were the perfect noble savage. You know, it was it was Dances with Blue Wolves. And was Avatar a great movie? Yeah. I am willing to say that Avatar was a game changer, but District Nine is a much stronger film. And it's overseeable oh, yeah, too much.
3: Bluey. Because
2: yeah. I've I've it doesn't I've, preach to you either. I mean that, no. that's the cool thing, is you know, it we we see the ugliness of the prawn, we see the ugliness of the human and yeah, the mercenaries are given kind of a bad light. On the other hand, some of the prawn really aren't that admirable either. I mean, they they gobble down cat food and they fuck each other over for you know a little bit of rotten wool or you know it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, completely agree. And well, there's not much you
3: can say about this movie because I mean it's just mind fucking blowing. And it's it, and it's just overlooked because I mean there's a, a several podcasts. Uh, one's a video podcast. Uh, I, you know, I watched it hmm. back when the movie was in theaters, and this is when I quit watching their videos because they dogged this movie. They called it the worst shit they've ever seen, and they didn't really wow. give. They really did not give any reason of why they hated this. Uh, there's actually another video when they, they said the same thing i quit watching them because there's no way this movie
2: could be the worst movie anybody's ever seen and uh, not even close and yeah I, I don't think this movie could be the worst movie i had seen that day i mean there's there's, <laughs> there's just no way Agreed. and you know I, i've i've seen a couple other or seen i've heard a couple other podcasts you know the same thing on Dead, where You know, they left it off of the best of 2009. And I'm like, seriously? How could this movie not be in the top 10 list of the decade, much less the year? And there were a lot of podcasts that left it off. And I don't know why, because it's not a big budget movie. It's not even a product of Hollywood. This movie happened because Neil Blomkamp was given a green light for the Halo movie, which was a Hollywood project. And then Hollywood said, Neil who? And they pulled the plug on it, and Peter Jackson, who had arranged the whole thing... I mean, Peter Jackson had had been the one who discovered Blomkamp from his Alive in Joe uh short, and Jackson said, you know what, um, I feel bad about the Halo thing, I'm going to give you $30 million, make whatever the fuck you want. And Blomkamp said, uh, I want to do this one. And so Jackson set it up, and they got Weta involved, You know, pretty much got coupon rates for the special effects, and they come up with this movie, which... If this movie has grossed less than five hundred million, I would be shocked shitless. Because you know, I mean, I know I bought it twice. I bought it on DVD, and then I ended up getting the Blu-ray a little bit after that. And uh, yeah, I would be shocked.
3: Yeah, that's that's what I need to buy it because I just want to see all the special features and own it. Because this is one that I don't see how I could possibly live my life to the fullest knowing that I don't own it. And I'm saying that comedically and all seriousness, because this is what I'm going to have to own, because if Netflix takes it off the instant, that's just going to fucking suck for me, because I don't own it. But, uh...
4: I agree, it is definitely a must-own. Totally.
2: Well, well, you know, on that note, why don't we go ahead and go into our reviews yeah, for that's it? What I, was I don't think it's say. going to be any big shock. We've sucked the dick of this movie hard enough, so <laughs> definitely. We're covering
3: in its <laughs> proni goo. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh God.
3: Uh I'm hands down, I'm I gave my ratings last week or uh, a couple of weeks ago. I said that I can do a five and a half. This movie sticks to being a five and a half stars for me because <laughs> it's still it's still fucking exceeds my expectations even though i've seen it several times now every time it exceeds my
2: expectations dan nice well i i don't have a rating system that goes to uh five and a half stars but this (laughs) is an exalted five-star rating and five stars just doesn't begin to cover it it is a five-star movie and there aren't many in the world that i would give that rating to this one earns it without a second's hesitation if there were a higher rating system, it would need to be. This isn't just a buy; this is a must buy. You
4: oh, there's no doubt about that. Be a
2: fan of science fiction and not have this. I'm going to put it on a line with Aliens. Um, you know the the James Cameron classic, or uh, boy, just <sighs> maybe maybe put it up there with uh, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Um, it, it's it's. A complete game changer for science fiction, and you absolutely have to have it um, you you need to go out and buy it right now if you don't already have it, perhaps get some sort of counseling to find out what 's wrong with you <laughs> so you don 't have this movie <laughs> five stars
4: and i'm definitely going to have to go with the Score of five. It why it, so low? <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I'm gonna give, give this a movie five and two and, and a half
2: stars. It was an average movie.
4: <laughs> I can't give a movie a zero, and I can't give a movie a five point five.
2: So I'm gonna have to go to a five. Because <laughs> Jay's gonna toss out a four point five. You know,
0: yeah, there weren't any it boobs it in
2: it. If
3: so. <laughs> If you were looking hard enough, some of those prawns has some nice arms on their chest.
4: Well, they actually came out of the tube top one at that one point in time. Oh,
2: yeah.
4: Or, or, or was I'm a not certainly certain sure was that
2: wasn't a male, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, there's, there's just no sex indicated on this. Well, player, in my mind,
4: so. that was a female and, you know. Oh, wanky. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely a five-star movie. This movie was, I mean, it had everything to keep me entertained and, Definitely own this on Blu-ray. Go out and buy it, like Dan said. Now, don't wait. Walmart's closed. Find some place that's open twenty-four hours and go get it.
3: Yeah, go to Super Walmart. That's open. There
4: you go. Hours. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a five-star movie. It' right up there with the best movies of all times, without a doubt.
2: Fucking a. Awesome. Well, good suggestion, Undead. I I did not know that this was on InstaView. Me and- either. To be honest with you, shocked shitless that they put this on InstaView. This movie it, it it has to be seen to be believed how good it is. And for them to just give it basically for free to anyone who has a Netflix subscription, good on them.
3: Hell yeah. yeah. Well, now we turn to the shit.
2: The movie murder Ball.
3: Oh no no no.
2: <laughs> we have next week's movie to discuss. Oh, Dildo. See, I told you, Jay. Yeah. You did it, it
0: too.
2: (laughs) That's okay. Um, I don't know that I can ever come up with a movie as strong as District 9, but I did my absolute best. There is another film out there that's also available on Instant View. It's another movie that I have nothing but the highest respect for. Unfortunately, it is a movie that is impossible to get your hands on. Uh, They did have a VHS release in the early 90s. It has never come out on DVD. It probably never will. There's a uh, a legal fight going over who has the who has the media rights for it, and it doesn't look like it's ever going to be resolved. There's a fight between an American company and a either French or English company, and they're just probably never going to get it resolved. How Stars got it and released it on Netflix is beyond me, but it is currently available on Instant View, and this would be. Um, 1990s movie with Jeff Goldblum called Mr. Frost. It is a psychological horror, a, a discussion of whether or not a man is merely a serial killer or if he is in fact, as he asserts, the actual devil himself on earth. And that's going to be our movie for next week. Uh, we're going to watch it in an interview and, and discuss it. And you it's might want to put that available out there. Yeah, it's only available to see until I think July seventh, and then it'll be gone again forever. You won't be able to buy it on DVD. You won't be able to see it on Instant View anymore. I don't know where in the hell you'll get it. Um, So, soul to the devil, you'll get it that way. Yeah, it might be worth it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out what you guys think of it next week because you have not seen it. I have. Um, Can't wait. It'll be something interesting. So is the weather patterns pointing out another five-star week? I don't know. I don't know. I uh, One I, of my buddies at first, <laughs> I talk about sauce a lot, but he has seen it, and he wasn't nearly as impressed as I was.
3: Well, I'm but, a Jeff uh, Goldblum fan, so. Absolutely. Yeah, Even though he's the is, same character in everything, I still love him.
2: He's <laughs> something different in this movie. He is definitely not... Uh, Ian the Chaotician, and he is not the uh, the teleporting fly guy. He's something entirely different. He's not the crazy uh, weather-predicting scientist from uh, Independence Day either. This is going to be interesting. interesting. <laughs> nice. And within the supernatural horror genre, for me, anything that's biblical is always really interesting. I, I, I find those stories, like The Exorcist, to be really compelling and interesting. I just like the whole I like the idea of an of an ultimate adversary, you know, an actual devil and stuff like that. And while I don't necessarily buy into the traditional view of it, the, the stories that involve it are always really interesting to me. So, yeah, yeah, that's next week's movie.
3: Have you ever wanted some of your favorite movies summed up in a tiny little song? I know I sure do. When you don't have enough time to watch a movie in the car... <laughs> and the kids are all acting up and wanting to watch Spongebob or one of them god-awful films, well, you can always put on your iPod and listen to good old movies, such as this song from No Wolverine. one knows my pain.
2: No one knows my hell. My
3: unbreakable frame. Just a prison cell I can't remember before I think I fought in some wars How did I get These mutton chops My wife was Taken away Now I'm in love with Jean Grey But she's involved with Cyclops I can
2: heal anybody Part Except This broken
3: Star Wars. call now you can get the 100 cd set for only 29.99 plus shipping and handling act now and you'll get a whole new bonus 50 cd set absolutely free all you have to do is pay the shipping and handling
2: but let's do uh movie murder ball and hit it
3: is it true that there is a place in a man's head that if you shoot it it will blow up
1: Just remember the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, dodge.
0: If you can dodge a ring. You can dodge a ball. What? <laughs> oh. Oh. It's time for movie murder ball. You'll take my life, but I'll take yours too. You fire musket, but I'll run you through. So when you're waiting for the next attack, you better stand there's no turning back. The field was served with time begins. But on this battlefield, no one will. On.
3: Well, well, and this week I tortured poor little Mr. Dirty once again. Is there a windstorm going on?
4: That's what it sounds like.
3: Well, it sounds like it settled down. Maybe I was breathing too much. I tortured Mr. J-Dirty once again with another Mulva movie. Mulva the too. second
4: fucking Mulva. Jack. And I want to start this by saying that I hate you undead. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> but this Mulva is better than the first Mulva. The first Mulva was just a sickening, horrible oh it's the movie in my star list that should have never nobody should have wasted the time in making the goddamn thing that was that fucking bad. <laughs> now this one this movie I would have to say just go ahead and put it out there is a two star movie. It's not much better than the first Mulva, but it is better. It is basically a rip on the Kill Bill series, or the Kill Bill Volume 1. And, oh my gosh, some of the stuff they did in here was actually kind of neat, but they still had the odd, really, really odd humor. Now, I actually did laugh a few times during this one, as opposed to the first Mulva, which it was lucky if I cracked a smile in that goddamn movie. <laughs> but basically what's going on is Mulva got put into a coma from the first at the end of the first movie. And she was in a coma until she... I forget what the age is that she is in this one, but she has completely matured. And she actually has boobs, which... Everybody loves to point out, even her, when she grabs them all the time. And she is not the horrible-looking, ugly, chocolate-faced girl in this one. She is not hot, but decent. And basically what's going on is uh, her. all these kids put her into this coma. Supposedly at the end of this first movie. And when she wakes up, It immediately starts out with the Kill Bill references. The uh, nurse-looking chick with the iPad shows up to try to kill her while she's first waking up from her coma. And uh, just some craziness ensues. Basically what happens is I think there was... Five or six undead. You know. You remember how many?
3: Oh Jesus! I meant to watch it this last week. Um, I, th-
4: I think there was
3: five. That's why I'm thinking people Mom. that
4: she had to kill, and then the final boss, the say boss in this movie, <laughs> is a fucking character named Teen Ape. Oh yeah, and
3: oh man, ah. <sighs> Should it's, I give them a little bit of a backstory on who Teen Ape is? Or does... Yeah, you go ahead. I'm sure you know more about that Teen Ape than I do. Teen Ape in these, I, I forget the name of the company, uh, but the people that do these little uh, little horrible little films that I find to be such gold-colored shit. Um, teen Ape is this horn dog who is half teen and half ape. And basically, it's just a guy running oh, and around. Le-
4: and let me point out, this <laughs> costume is not. I mean, this is a off the Walmart shelf ape costume with the leather or with the rubber fucking gloves that don't fit the hand and the rubber ass mask,
3: which is referenced in the Teen Ape the movie. That he's not a real ape, but you know, it's just it's funny. They they got a character. Is he in this one? Or he's in another one where he just has a paper bag over his fucking face.
4: No, he's not in this one.
3: Okay, uh, but Teen Ape, he's just—he's just one of these guys He's one of these characters. He's—he's he's funny because he thinks he's the hot shit, and some people actually think he is, and that's why they made him the ultimate badass at the end.
4: Yeah, and they also threw in the uh, Cosby. Guy in this one again, which is obviously just like I said from the f- review of the first Mulva, a white guy, basically spray painted slightly black that really likes to talk about pudding pops.
3: Wait, was he? Wasn't he completely white in this one though? I don't think he was completely
4: white. He he they still had
3: him like a slightly tan tint. I know in one of them he's completely white because he has the Michael Jackson disease.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, that is my fault. That is this one because that's okay. exactly what he says that he has the Michael Jackson disease. Yeah, and uh, basically what he does is he is the character from Kill Bill, and it's been a long time since I've seen Kill Bill, so I can't reference names. But he is the character from Kill Bill that makes the swords, and he makes a a sword that whenever it's, yeah, it's that be
2: Hattori Hanzo.
4: There you go. <laughs> but trust me, that this don't have enough to do with Kill Bill to worry about it. It's, it's the fucking sword is made by this Jello pudding pop, Cosby wannabe, and to prove this, Mulva takes the sword and wipes it across one of the characters and it leaves pudding <laughs> across their arm or whatever. Oh my god, it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I really don't think I can do this movie justice as to how kind of bad and boring it is. But it, it, it's just really, really fucking bad. And, uh... <laughs> sorry, I... I was getting entertained by the winter weather, adv- or the summer weather advisory from Wisconsin. <laughs>
3: uh...
2: yeah sorry guys
3: (laughs) (laughs) just blurt it
2: out we're professional (laughs) yeah we just had like a major storm system hit the edge of town here and uh, uh, every time I was talking we were having uh, like Thunder booms crack across everything, so I've been like keeping my microphone muted when I'm not talking. So, so if you wondering,
4: that's why this podcast got all of a sudden quiet, because Dan's not talking. Oh, oh, fuck <laughs> you,
3: Jay. <laughs> Don't <laughs> worry, I'll fill it up away. with farts <laughs> now. <laughs>
4: uh, but yeah, they, <laughs> it goes through the Kill Bill series just like Kill Bill did, where they, she has to fight all the people that did her wrong. And the final fight comes down to Teen Ape, which would be Bill, but uh, that's my half-assed trying not to fall asleep review of this movie because this movie was still boring. Like I said, I cracked a smile a few times, may have got a chuckle. That it, it Are I there don't understand. No, there is. As much as they referenced boobs, and she grabbed her boobs, and they talked about how hot she was, and wanted to get a piece of that, that's as far as it went.
3: You don't get boobs in their movies until Filthy McNasty, and sadly, sadly, I do not care much for that one, so that tells you how bad that one is. (laughs) (laughs) God. I uh, can't wait to give that. But a spot. I,
4: I am definitely glad this is the end of the Mulva series because I never want to see another one of Malva these. Three's rumored, and if they make a Mulva three and dan rolls the dice and i get it dan is a fucking liar that's all i've got to say
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it you... wouldn't make any sense for me to watch mobile three when i've managed to avoid mobile one and two jay I, I just think you should take one for the team and check out mobile three i've
4: taken four for the team and my ass
2: hurts I, I heard oh, yeah, that when yeah, you were you in high school, those you gay more movies, than four, you? for the team. In fact, I heard you may have taken several teams of us. <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Dink. Oh, See, sorry, Jake. It's the almost gay cruel to watching. subject you to abuse while you already had the abuse of watching Olva.
3: <laughs> you watch the gay movies wrong. If your ass is hurting...
2: Yes, I watch the gay movies wrong
4: because I watch them straight. And it just don't mesh well.
3: Did you really watch them straight? Because there shouldn't be any physical ass pain. Sounds like you were sitting on a nice big... Are we ready to do Better Know a <laughs> yeah.
4: Do the Better Know Podcast? Uh, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do better. Oh, yeah. Shit. Jay has to say what the next movie is, and then I will roll the random number generator to determine if it is I or Undead Muffin who will watch next week's uh, horrific uh, selection. Which translates
3: over to whether or not Dan actually wants to watch the movie or not.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I, I think the very fact that I watched Otto should prove to you that this is a that completely is, random. Situation.
4: That is very true. You there did. can be
2: no denying that that being forced to watch that piece of shit. The only way it could be more proven is if I were like, for whatever reason, forced to watch Colin because that's the only movie that I'm uh-huh. dreading even more. Don't watch it. It's not worth watching. I
3: I won't give that to anybody. Yeah,
4: I've kind of heard a lot of bad stuff about that movie.
3: You've heard bad stuff about? It? I feel like I'm the only one besides um, Florida Possum who's, or
2: did she not like it? I can't remember. She didn't like it, and you know I put a lot of weight into what Flopo has to say. She's she's another one of those people who's open minded about movies and you know willing to give anything a, a try. She had some really cool things to say about Pool and stuff like that, which while slightly skewed because of her Canadian roots, uh, I would have to say that she was dead right about Pontypool. It is an incredible movie. But yeah, she didn't like Con much either.
3: Yeah, so, yeah, I feel like there's only a handful of people among the masses of blind people, for a nicer word, who want to praise this movie on its low-budgetness, which has also now been proven to be a you know, a fabrication of advertisement that the movie actually cost it more than $80. So those people can just hold on to their little, little delusions that this movie was made with $80 and then know that the movie was actually made with a few thousand dollars and realize the fact that it looks so cheap was just laziness.
4: Okay. Well let's do next week's movie Murder Ball. And next week's movie is going to be and this is one that I've never seen, but I've got it in my queue and I'm from the sound of it, it's not I'm not punishing anybody with this movie, and I don't know if you guys have seen it prior to me saying this, but it's called Nether Beast Incorporated.
2: Oh jeez, that sounds like a real piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, well. You
4: know what? Now listen. Now listen. This is this is what the movie is. This is. What it says from Netflix. In this satire of corporate America, it's business as usual at the vampire-owned and operated Netherbeast Inc., one of the world's largest phone makers. Until the boss contract, contracts vampire Alzheimer's and starts <laughs> hiring humans. Uh, so this this could be an entertaining movie, or it could be a complete piece of shit. But I'll leave that up for uh, the dice roll to decide who gets well, the. To...
2: And we have a guest dice roller tonight, due to the vagaries of time and uh, incomplete parental instructions. Uh, my young child is still awake, and she will be uh, rolling the dice and announcing the results. So. Since I have the headphones on and she can't hear what the numbers are, uh, Jay, why don't you assign three numbers to me and three to Undead, and then we'll let the, uh, the small girl child roll the dice.
4: Okay, I will give Undead 246 and you 135.
2: All right, Cat, roll the dice. Is it two? Undead. And there you have it. So, uh-huh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> let's see, what was it called again? Nether Beast Incorporated. So you've not watched this, so I could just basically just bullshit this movie. Oh no, I will have this movie no. watched before. Yep, next
2: I year. added it to my queue already because I, <laughs> I figured I wasn't gonna get stuck with it. Oh god. Admit it, a minute, Dan, you just threw up two fingers. No. Yeah. No, you don't understand you don't understand. I can't make my daughter do anything much less actually lie <laughs> on command. <laughs> You promise uh, not, you,
3: you put it on mute, you promise not to punish her for being up late. <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't know uh, how parents... I don't think you were on vent earlier when I was discussing how alike uh, my daughter and my wife are, <laughs> as much as, like, my uh, my wife was having her hair brushed by my daughter, and, and my daughter was oh, yeah. her hair and my wife said something, my daughter said, oh, just suck it up. <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh, no, nice. Yeah, two little Nazis cut <laughs> in the same cloth. Yeah, That's wasn't awesome. it, shut up, let me braid your hair? Yeah, it was something like that. She's, <laughs> she just she just beats on her brother constantly. He he comes, you know, seeking uh, asylum from her constant abuse. That is awesome.
3: All righty, well, it's that time again for our half-assed, not quite sure what the fuck we're doing. Wait until the last minute. Better know a podcaster. Better better, better
2: know your podcaster. What was that, Dan? I was going to say, speak for yourself. I've had this planned out for weeks. I had uh, details, notes, alternate choices, second and third runner-ups. Uh, I actually wrote a complete dossier. But unfortunately, <laughs> since the weeks have passed, those who had it written down lost it. Right? Yeah, I did too. I wrote it on a little yellow post-it when I was at work, and then I lost it. I wrote but I was a whole fucking to, uh, notebook. Uh,
3: not that it took up the whole notebook, it only took up two pages. But I lost the whole fucking notebook. You got a better well, this <laughs> chance of losing your this little better post. Know, a
2: podcast or question was a uh, another Dan special, and it came on the heels of whatever our last one was, which was uh, I think what Undead comedy, had come would you up turn with into it. a serious film, right? And and I had at one at one of the iterations of Undead's question, uh, I thought had been something about fan edits, and that kind of sparked my my idea of if you could take. A movie that's out there and do a fan edit of it uh what movie would it be why would you be doing it and what would you change so that's our better Know a podcast your question is describe your ideal fan edit
3: and uh since it's my week i will go first and i had a whole lot more written down for this movie like i said i had two pages and i can only remember the main stuff i wrote down now Well, the main one, the reason why I would do a fan edit of this, and I would do a fan edit of 28 Days Later, not just because, you know, I'm not saying the movie's bad. I love the movie, but the ending, I would love to have seen the alternate ending that they did not film, the one that if you had the DVD, you can watch where they go through the storyboards. I would have loved to have seen them film that and then stick that on there because that would have been another 20 minutes to the movie but it would have been another 20 minutes of greatness to the movie instead of this abrupt, uh, somewhat happy ending that we get. And uh, as for the rest, of, as for the rest of the stuff in it, um, you know, I can't remember everything I had in my notes. There was a few things that, uh, like, there was a scene that they did cut out that I would have put back into it of uh, the the um, I want to call them zombies but uh, let's be politically correct here. Well, no, no,
2: no, because, you know, this is this has been another, it's been doing another little round, and uh, I know MOZ has been discussing it. They talked about it on Horror, et cetera, a couple of times, and I think the world is, is finally coming around to the blue sky ideas that I've had for a couple of years now, which is it's the new iteration of zombies. It's, oh, it's the way our culture deals with it, because, you know, in, in the 60s, romero changed the game by having flesh-eating undead zombies he didn't call them zombies he called them ghouls but by day of the dead you know they were they were zombies and establishing the same universe and really with with 28 days later especially and with uh dawn of the dead 2004 the zombie went through another change and people are just starting to accept that now yeah there's always going to be holdouts who are going to say if they don't shuffle they're they're not zombies but I think, on the whole, most people accept this as the new zombie. Today's culture just doesn't have time to wait for something to shuffle up on you. They want it to run up and chew your fucking flesh off. And I'm going to have to
3: find that good old song, Old Happy Days, and play it behind all that, because I've been waiting for <laughs> years for people to fall into that they're zombies, and that that's some good news, that people are finally, finally turning to the running side.
2: And yeah, you know... They- this was boy. I got to go out to another podcast here, but again, that uh, that Splattercast episode where Vaughn and Brian were on, they were talking about this too. Uh, you know, they talked about survival the They talked about uh, Twenty Eight Days and Dawn of the Dead and stuff like that. And they also touched on this idea of you know, is it a zombie movie? Um, you should definitely go out and listen to that. They got some interesting things to say over there.
3: I'll have to look that up. But uh, anyways, the other scene I'd put back in it's a scene where the zombies are all lined up on the door at the very end of the movie um, uh, when they're with the military. They're kind of lined up outside the door, and it's just a hallway just crammed full of them, and it just sends zombie orgasms just rotting out of me because it just it, it's like you have this awesome new creature of a movie, and then you have that throwback of the old zombie movies, right there, and I would have loved to seen that left in there because that just the fanboy in me just get, giggles every time I watch that deleted scene. And this is a movie that I have actually sat down, copied it to my computer, and tried to do a fan edit of to put in those scenes so I could re-burn it on a DVD and watch the movie how I want to watch it
2: because i think that they should be interesting because i i would like to see your fan edit of it too undead that that would be really interesting to me
3: well i'll have to try to reburn it to another computer and then somehow not illegally distribute it but get my fan edit out to uh so you guys fan
2: edits illegal because i i thought that i think they are oh really okay yeah Damn, that's a shame. Because I would, I would love for there to be more fan edits out there. But yeah, it's probably intellectual property rights. Oh well, yeah. the movie night podcast does not support fan edits. Send in all your fan edits. We want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, is that pretty much, okay? Um, my fan edit is also another zombie movie. Um, Ooh, for me though, it's one of my favorite zombie movies, uh, Zombie Diaries. This was a really interesting take on the whole zombie story. It's a zombie apocalypse with very few zombies. Um, we're there a little bit before the outbreak, during the outbreak, and after the outbreak, but nowhere near it. Uh, we're not there in the big cities when it happens. We're in uh, the outskirts of small villages in uh, England, in you know Great Britain. Um, the movie is... And it's an incredible piece of film work. I know uh, Derek from MOZ had given it five headshots, one of the few movies that got that. And that was that was what got me interested in the movie in the first place was the incredible headshot rating it got. And I checked it out, and I have to agree, it is a five-star movie. It does have need of a fan edit, though. Um, one of the drawbacks of the movie is the fact that they try... They try to fuck around with the timeline a little bit. Um, they have the The post script at the beginning of the movie, and then they launch into act one, act three, act two, five, and then four and th- unlike a Tarantino or a Guy Ritchie movie, you know where they can do that in an individual action scene and it looks awesome because they did it with the entire movie it fucked the movie over there's a surprise reveal that happens way too early, and anyone who I don't know was thinking it the movie fucked itself over by trying to be too clever, and they also had some scenes that were supposed to be in there, and they did not include them. Um, we spend time with two characters who have no interaction with anyone else except for the very, very end of their scene. I would have liked to see you know, more of a bridge tying them together. This movie could have definitely gone out a couple a couple more hours as far as I was concerned. And because it's found footage, you could insert additional scenes really without any problem, reorganize the timeline. Um, part of the reason they switched the times up is they didn't want you to know somebody was a villain before it was, you know, revealed and it's, in it's full villainy. And, and I just think that's weak. I think that film viewers are mature enough to see someone as Indescribably evil, and watch him get away with it for a long period of time before, you know, there's a resolution to the story and stuff like that. And uh, so, anyways, yeah, that that would be my my film edit, um, Zombie Diaries, reorganized for time, some additional scenes inserted in there, um, again because it's found footage, and theoretically the the drawing tie between all the different stories is the one camera. Um, it belongs to a film crew in the beginning and then it kind of passes hands along to another group and then another group. You know, we could we could put a couple other things in there and, and tie it all together. That would be it.
4: Okay. Well, I apparently am going to be the oddball. I didn't go with a zombie movie.
3: You faggot!
4: <laughs> and I actually went with a movie that really... I don't think got enough love like it should have because it got completely demolished by reviews and everything and I would have to go with uh, AVP, Alien vs. Predator. As Wow. As a complete Alien and Predator fanboy, Alien vs. Predator was completely a cream dream for me and as soon as I heard about the release, I was at my local theater for the midnight showing absolutely we refused to miss this movie. Now, once I did see the movie, I, of course I was just completely enthralled by everything that was going on finally seeing an alien and a predator fight each other. But there was quite a few mistakes they did make in the movie that I would, as a fan edit. And that would be just to name, a few of them. Number one, uh, the there was a predator in this movie that was like the elder predator in the group, complete badass, muscle-bound, just whooped the shit out of aliens and thrown them through walls. And in a matter of like 45 seconds, he gets his ass whooped by one alien. And you can't introduce a, a predator like that that just all of a sudden gets demolished by... One little tiny alien when he's made out to be this big badass battle hardened veteran, and another thing is uh are you two are you too familiar with the movie? Oh yeah, I own it, okay, undead, yes, oh okay, <laughs> I thought undead fell asleep on us. <laughs> I know Dan's was long, undead, but shit, um, hey be nice. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the main uh, character slash predator in this movie um, is like the one character that's completely, you know, for his race. He goes with the marking his skin to prove himself and everything, yet he lets himself get a face hugger planted on his face, eggs laid in him. And as a predator, if any of those other predators, or put it in, trying to figure out a better way to put it, uh, somebody that was that much into trying to prove themselves as that kind of race from the past that we know, as soon as they get into a little bit of danger that could possibly destroy what they're working towards, they completely just shut down the program, to say, and blow shit up. Which right there, he would have automatically killed himself to get rid of that alien that was growing inside him. and that, oh, yeah. that I that agree. That completely aggravated the shit out of me. If they wanted to do that, they could have figured out a better way to inter- introduce the Pred-Alien, Predator and Alien Hybrid. They got her introduced to AVP Requiem. But uh, now... The time issue with A.V.P. was kind of a big thing because it seemed like there was a lot of it that dragged on, and they seemed like they wanted to let you know a lot of stuff, but they never really told you what was going on. With the whole, yeah, the alien that has been able to survive down in the bottom of this uh, ancient or ancient pre, I think it predated all other. Uh, forms of... um, Shit, I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, Shit.
3: Civilization?
4: Civilization, thank you. It predated all civilization, and it's just a rumor that these people ever existed. But this alien has been able to sit down below the ground and survive all this long in this ice-cold weather. That's just kind of unbelievable. And the fact that this woman if I, I don't know if you guys have read the book before of alien versus predator because i think i think spooky bill actually talked about it at one point in time
2: i've seen the comics but they were a completely different story than this so. Yeah, so that's what want to say i don't know
4: well and the book was a completely different story and i basically what happens in the book is the woman actually goes to the land of the predators basically and that is the way this movie should have went. It shouldn't have been happening on Earth. Everything should be like this, like basically like this new movie that's coming out, Predators. But actually an Alien versus Predator on the Predator home planet would have been a much better idea. But I think I've went on long enough. That's a few of the fan edits I would make to this movie and hopefully make it a little bit better.
3: So you're remaking the whole film? <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell
4: you, I love this movie, but there was just a lot of stuff I, w- I would love to change for it. Just just make it better for
3: me, basically. Uh, well, it's that time again to go into our dark, dank little closet that we call our voicemail. And I have an option for you guys. We can play the traditional, or we can play this little 20-second one I just stumbled across, hoping that it'll sound pretty funny. What do you all want? Original or 20-second? Go
4: with
3: the Uh,
1: 20-second. Yeah, 20-second. Gotcha. The mail's here. Come on. Here's
4: the mail, it never fails It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes, I want to wail Oh my fucking god <laughs> Wow Oh, I can't
3: believe you went blue <laughs> oh. Let's go into our mailbag Oh sack. my god Now we don't have any mail mail So I don't know why I picked that But we do have um, fucking voicemails from some of you good goddamn listeners out there.
4: And apparently there's more than one listener.
3: (laughs) Yeah! So that means we have improved the podcast over 100%. Yes, we've doubled productivity and returns. First voicemail! Hopefully I'm doing these in order um come on voice now hey
5: guys this is Ricky Bill. uh still listening to your uh, high kick girl episode i i don't know the movie i i got as far as uh just past movie murder ball was <clears throat> so in most of the episode really high kick girl honestly doesn't sound that interesting to me i don't know um but uh i just wanted to say man you were talking about netflix instant, change, wanting to change their subscription things and for the, uh, well, for instant or to see if it's DVD. And I think that's great. I mean, I absolutely love Netflix. Instant. I have a Blu-ray player. I don't own a single Blu-ray disc. Um, yet, um, my mom is sending me avatar in Blu-ray. So that's why one of the reasons I haven't seen it yet either. Anyway. Um, uh, Oh, it, it streams Netflix. We got it hooked up to, you know, modem and uh, wireless router and, uh, Man, I absolutely love it. It's, like, the greatest thing. If they have more movies... um, I mean, they have a ton of movies. Uh, It's great. You guys know. You have it. Um, But uh, the one thing I do like... I do like getting a physical DVD of movies that I would like to own um, and uh, being able to actually acquire a copy that way. But if their movies are constantly on Instant, then I've got an entire library at my fingertips. So I guess it... Wouldn't be as big of an issue. Um, but yeah, I definitely love it. Um, I would definitely pay to have Netflix and then just flown uh, uh, and not get a physical physical DVD. You know, it's the only thing is not owning Tapu myself. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. See you guys later. I mean, fuck you guys later. Whatever. Bye.
3: And that was Frankie that- Bill. Thank you, Spooky Bill. I played his last voicemail first, and I'd like to apologize to Spooky Bill because he took time to call in several voicemails as he progressed through the episode, and I just messed up the secret. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Spooky Bill. I fucking suck. Anybody want to make any comment about that? Not me fucking sucking, but... Oh, I was. Like, I can make comment after comment about that, but about uh, uh, what well, you would you know. know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh. I, I do. Uh, I do think that the subscription model with Netflix, the possibility of it changing, it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I, I have not run into anyone yet who doesn't take advantage of the streaming more than the physical DVDs. I like having them, but. For me, the physical DVD is when I want to buy it. I, I would rather watch everything on streaming, and, and with the exception of uh, Comcast maybe and
4: every other <laughs> Internet
2: service provider out there, you know, there's very few uh, streaming issues with watching movies and stuff like that.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, with the streaming movies, being able to see more of them and not have the physical DVDs, because I go the cheap route anyway, and I only get one DVD out at a time. So I'm only, I'm getting if if I get a DVD in the mail, watch it the same day and get it back in the mail that night, then I can get a DVD about once every 3 to 4 days. So I'm maybe getting in two
3: movies a week. And that's if your postal worker isn't sneaking and taking them home and watching them for themselves, then sealing them up a week later and then sending them back. Cuz we had that happen. Wow. Yeah. At least that's what we believed happened, because there was a time when we would send them back, and it took almost a month before we'd get another DVD.
4: (laughs) They liked having you as a customer.
3: (laughs) Yes. And after I made a comment about it at the post office, it changed. We get them on time now. Nice. But important papers we don't get in the mail on time. (sighs) Bastards. Fuck you, postal service. <laughs> go postal on their asses. But yeah, I have to agree with y'all there. Uh, I'd love to see it just because uh, I mean, if getting a DVD anymore, uh, since everything's going over to the rental uh, uh, versions only, that's just shitty. You might as well just be able to stream it because
4: yeah, because you can even go to the video store and rent one of the Blu-rays or something and get a rental version and have absolutely no BD Live, no special features, no behind the scenes. I don't even think you have
3: fucking previews
4: on that shit.
3: Most of the time, any of the rental versions that I've gotten, they're low. It's like, it's just basically a VHS on a disc anymore. There are just tons of trailers, then the movie. And we got out of VHS because of that shit. Yeah, I understand, you know, DVDs now have the whole trailers before, and then you got the menu. Then you can watch the movie, but no. I don't want to sit down and watch something that, you know, we've came so far to get past just to go back to that same format. Because a lot uh, there was one, I cannot remember what it was called, uh, we couldn't even skip the fucking previews. It would not give us that option. We had to sit through 15 minutes of movie previews, just to find out the movie started and didn't have a menu because we were popping popcorn and we missed the first five minutes and had to rewind back. And and it's a hassle when you're watching them on an Xbox having to rewind back. And I think this rental DVD and Blu-ray and stuff is just complete shit. But if they're going to move to that, then everything should just be moved to instant, save the money, uh, don't, because I mean, even DVD players now come with the built-in uh, Netflix Instant I saw up at Walmart. So it's not just a Blu-ray player, so it's no excuse not to have one, because the one I saw was like 50 bucks. I paid $39 for my DVD player, my first DVD player, 20 extra dollars, you get you one that has Netflix on it, hook you up an internet cable, and there you go. Because I don't see anybody being part of Netflix that doesn't have the internet because it would make it pretty fucking hard to stock your queue i'm sorry it just pisses me off rental copies yeah, apparently fucking bastards sorry <laughs> on to the next spooky bill let's hope i'm not doing this one out of order too which i probably will well it's the middle one so it goes in the middle
5: Where the hell
0: do you, really do you guys
2: find these songs?
0: Than
3: <laughs> I, what the hell? I love <laughs> undead songs. Oops, I almost play that again. Um, I have to uh, give my wife credit, Spooky Bill, for that song, the "Show Me Your Genital" song. Yeah, my wife found that. Um Oh she's a good resource of perverted songs even though she loves to say that it's my fault after we got married that I've ruined her dainty dainty little purdy little princess mine. Ooh, I said purdy. God it's damn it, so I'm getting good. hicker as I get older. Getting hicker <laughs> hicker <sighs> But she's a pervert too. <laughs> okay. most of it is just looking for stuff on the YouTube because the YouTube has it all and uh, I hope you like them I know Dan likes them, I hope Jay likes them
4: oh hope, hell yeah
3: I hope all of our listeners like them and uh, I hope I guess this goes in a good order than that I did it backwards because your next voicemail kind of worries me that you might not like the way I edit If I can get it to fucking play. <laughs> oh, here we go.
5: Hey, guys. Spooky Bill here. Just uh, started your High Kick Girl episode. And I have the volume turned down right now because I don't want to hear what you're saying. Um, like I said, I just started. Which seems to be a habit with me. I call as soon as I start a podcast because I have something to say. and By the end of the podcast, well, I'll forget what it is. But are you spoiling Avatar? Because you start talking about the end and the very end something that pissed off Probably the only person uh, in the world who has not seen Avatar. And uh, I will be soon. I just haven't gotten around to it. You know, whatever. Um, So, uh, yeah. hope uh, the rest of the episode goes fine and you don't spoil any other movies I haven't seen. Jay, you like The Wolfman. That's good to hear. I haven't seen that yet either because everybody hates it. Um, Just, I don't know. I I like werewolves. They are very cool. Um, I love the original Wolfman. And uh, I I, I still want to see it, but just, hey, it's along my lines with Avatar. I still haven't gotten around to it. And uh, is Rhino ever coming back? Um, You know, whatever's happening, hope everything's going well with him. But, uh, yeah, you know, he kind of brings class to the show. So, uh, hey, talk to you guys later. Bye.
4: Well, yeah. now it seems like it's about time to go ahead and get into that question that anybody's listening is probably wondering about Rhino. Now,
3: as far as we know, Definitely. Rhino is probably not coming back for a while. Uh, he's working, what, like two, three, four jobs now? So, and his life is becoming hectic. And uh, there's no room for a podcast right now. Um, I don't know what else more to say because we three are kind of in the dark about it too. We just kind of one day got a retirement email from him. We knew things were slowly building to the point that we're, they were kind of getting hard for him to make it to the podcast. Um, but yeah,
4: basically, I wouldn't look forward to Rhino being on the podcast anymore. And if he is, yeah, it may we, just be something like a special appearance.
2: We definitely want him to come back, but oh, without oh, yeah. having any idea what's going on or haven't heard any word from him lately, we we honestly don't know. Uh, we're just assuming that whatever it was that took him away is still keeping him away. And, you know, we'd like him to come back, and hopefully that'll happen one day. But uh, and, and until we hear something, we're just no idea. As and of we're right just now,
3: not going to happen. Now. Yeah. yeah, and one thing I want to throw out there, even though we do have uh, guest hosts occasionally, which we've only had one, which was Mishni, and we were supposed to add Bad Hammer on here. Um, we're not trying to replace Rhino in any way because I don't think anybody could replace Rhino. Uh, he, you know, like you said, he did bring class to the show, but I hope that we bring, you know, what we always brought to the show, and you don't stop listening. Because, I mean, if you have a problem with the editing, you know, our, our choices here, just, just, you know, drop us an email, leave us a voicemail, let us know, because uh, we have fun doing it. And since, you know, I'm the one editing, I just try to fill it in with some ridiculousness.
4: Well, you and- said the editing, undead. I don't think that Bill had any problem with the editing at all. I think the only reason that he really wasn't listening was because of the yeah. I, I think it was
2: more the the spoilers. Yeah, which, well, I, you I, know that that is something that I think a lot of movie podcasts debate over. You know, are they going to have spoilers? And generally, we we tend to avoid them. I think, but I I don't think we've ever like made a you know a big a big thing where we'll never have spoilers. And and sometimes the movies that we're not expressly reviewing will accidentally or unpurposefully toss out a spoiler. So,
4: huh. Yes, very true, very true.
2: Yeah, I I try to catch it if we get a spoiler, Um,
3: especially when it comes down to editing, and uh, try to beep them out.
4: Yeah, I just don't think that
3: uh, Spooky Bill's
4: had any problem with the editing. I think it was just mainly, like I said, the Avatar spoilers. and So maybe that's something we need to hear, especially some, a movie such as Avatar,
3: which is so renowned for how good it is. So we will watch ourselves from now on, Spooky Bill, because we enjoy having you as a listener. We enjoy the time that you take out of your day to leave us voicemails. Um, we really appreciate that. And I, I honestly feel like I can speak for all of us in saying that we, I know it's being a little, um, not promiscuous, god damn it. Oh, you're I'm being, being very, very promiscuous. promiscuous. <laughs> uh, Presumption? no, I'm not even able to say that word. Presumptuous? Is that the word? Am I saying it right? Fuck it, I'm hick. <laughs> oh, well, um, let's get on to our next voicemail. Uh-oh, which place did I move it to? There it is.
1: Hey guys, it's Matt. hammer calling. I just realized why you have not gotten a single one of my voice because like I've been calling the wrong number this whole time. Uh, thanks, Dan, for the right number, by the way. I just wanted to weigh in on whatever uh, episode 17 of your podcaster. Uh, the question was something along the lines of uh, turn a company into a serious uh, movie or I think I I think I misunderstood. I don't know. I was in the middle of a work day, and I was kind of half listening and kind of half asking half, half or being asked stupid questions by co workers. So I don't know. But anyway, I would totally turn uh, Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, into a serious uh, movie or series. And I would have Christopher Walken play uh, the very serious Ace Ventura. Uh, maybe he would you know, scary out a little bit, which would be awesome. So, because I do think Christopher Walken is one of the scariest men alive, and he's pretty awesome at it. So, uh, yeah, and then usual uh, Tom Badhammer style, I'm leaving a voicemail while driving and uh, trying to focus on all these idiots around me. So, my, my call is all over, but, but, yeah, I'll catch you guys later. See you on a Peace.
3: Thank you, Bad Thank Hammer. You. Hell Bad yeah. So cool. That is fucking awesome. awesome. Which I have to apologize. If I saw Christopher Walken playing a pet detective, I wouldn't be able to keep from laughing.
4: <laughs> I don't know. A serious Christopher Walken playing Ace Ventura, I could definitely dig that movie. <laughs> that would
3: be definitely interesting <laughs> to, <Christopher> to watch. Christopher <laughs> Walken. I can't do a Walken impression. God damn it. I There's suck. A-
4: What's I think there's a podcast out there where a certain person does a Christopher Walken impression quite often in there, Dan.
3: Uh yeah. I'm confused. I
4: can't remember which one of them it is from the podcast that actually does that impression.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Good. That's... Like, uh,
3: yeah, Jay, yeah, absolutely. No, no, there
4: is. I just can't remember
3: which one it is. Oh, I was afraid we're stepping on some thin ice there. Isn't it horror cetera that does that?
2: Maybe. Do they? I don't remember Christopher Walken ones there. I know uh, Tony does pretty much everything else. I thought he did Christopher Walken. I might be completely wrong. Edit this out. This sucks. no
3: I won't edit nope, it out. Nope, too late.
2: stay in there. <laughs> you know
3: me. Everything that says needs beat. And that's why... I'm not editing these out, because Dan received some phone calls on our voicemail, too. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Ben. This is Dale Asman from Championship Motors. And I'm just getting back to you on the 2001 Audi A6 4.2 Quattro. Um, Just want to see what questions you had on the car, if you can schedule a time to come take a look at it and drive it. Uh, Phone numbers. No, no. Who is here? No, it is. We see
2: thank you uh we should probably edit. edit out that actual phone number yeah edit
4: that...
3: out the phone number and edit out his name the phone number yeah is not even to the I, place I think... that he said yeah but still just edit out the oh, phone oh really yes it's to a place called excite motors thank you google huh. so but the first the, the first one huh. which i will play now this first one that we received from the same place apparently, but using the same because they use the same number. They actually say Excite Motors.
4: Ben, this is uh, Excite
3: Motors on the Audis you uh, inquire about. Give me a call. Who is the investor? I got some uh, information on those cars. I probably got about seven Audis, Cabulas, uh, uh, A sixes. Uh, navigation black on black mouse, you know. Give me a call. There is, is an investor. No, we have an uh, Again, this is.
5: the the side motor. Have a good day. Bye. Okay.
2: Yeah, okay. I, what, I still think we should beep the hell out of these yeah. because I, I have no idea What did they refer to you as? Don. He says Don. Okay. Like they that. referred
4: to you as Dan. Dan.
2: Right. <laughs> Hand that's... <to> Dan Dan. <laughs> that's for you, April. <laughs> oh, shit. So, is this an insane listener? I don't think that's one of our listeners. No, I think that's someone who's got our number mixed up with something else. <laughs>
3: I
4: hope so. Or you're looking for an Audi.
2: Or is this yeah, someone I'm trying to. Not looking for Audi. And if I were, they wouldn't be calling for Dan. So Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, or is this someone trying to start up some podcast wars? The title of I our don't new think podcast, so. Podcast Wars, which will be airing next year.
2: Ooh, that would be, you know, a, a couple other people have brought up the idea of, uh, of just doing like a podcast drama cast where, you know, they just talk about uh, possible drama between different podcasts and stuff like that. But no. Nope, I don't think that's anyone I know of.
3: We should air that podcast in 2012—the end of the podcasting world, as the Mayans predict- predicted it. Because if you look close enough, all the Mayans on their little hieroglyphs.
2: Hieroglyphs,
3: hieroglyphs, and Peter. Griffin. Wow, <laughs> uh,
2: Gryffindor, go ahead. Yeah
3: oh my god they're all carrying ipods listening to them and uh i think that's another conspiracy that the government's trying to hide from us as this whole podcast episode's been all about is government conspiracies and uh we are the number one place to contact to tell us your horrific alien abduction stories and
2: everything and What's that number to well, call a- it? Undead. <laughs> let's just let's just be honest here. Uh, we just received the news, and today um, the latest votes have come in, and it turns out that the Movie Night Podcast is the number one rated podcast in the entire world. Holy shit! It's not even exactly. like It's not just movie or anything else. We are the most popular podcast by downloads and votes in the entire world holy fuck I knew our numbers were getting close but I mean really yeah holy fuck if if my tracking software is correct we have somewhere close to 300 million individual downloads of each episode that goes out and our average iTunes rating is um 11 out of 5 stars oh my
3: god
4: fucking a yeah we, we knew it was going to happen eventually. I mean, it was a given.
3: Well, I mean, every week the numbers just keep going higher and higher.
4: <sighs> well, we've taken over the world. Next thing is we're going to go with the prawns.
3: Awesome.
2: We are agree? sending our signal to space.
4: Christopher, I hope you get this and send it to all your brethren and please don't destroy our world.
2: Oh wait, we, we can even tie this into uh, next week's episode because perhaps we sold our souls to the devil. Who can say? Yeah. we're like a traveling blues band (laughs)
3: if blues bands traveled but they were all too fucking lazy to travel (laughs) that's horrible because I forget blues became famous with black people not the white people who invented it another government cover up
4: (laughs) oh my god Uh, I think this podcast is over
3: no contact information our suicide hotline what is the number
2: if you're thinking about committing suicide please call us at two zero six 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 five two three nine and tell us why world isn't worth living in anymore and um perhaps we'll get back to you perhaps we'll just silently ignore your call
4: and if you'd like to send us a picture of you in the process like a slideshow go ahead and send that slide to, slideshow to movie night podcast at gmail dot com
3: or you can just... or if you
2: want to send us uh, Naked pictures of your boobs if you're a female. That'd be fine, too. Yes,
3: definitely. Misty. Um, And let's hope our wives, like, especially my wife, does not hear that. Because <laughs> I won't be allowed to play with you all anymore. Yeah, yeah you got to bleep that out. That was uncalled. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in. I'm going to let your ass get kicked.
4: Yeah, Mishni don't listen to the podcast. Oh shit! But
3: Badhammer does. Nope. <laughs> Mishni does listen to the podcast. She mentioned it the other day that about my um, my uh, uh, soundboard, how
2: awesome it is. Really? Yeah. Wow. So we have two whole listeners to the show. I mean, three hundred and two million exactly, and three, and three
3: hundred
2: and fifty million, and three. Wow. See, the numbers are going up. We went from. I, I think we're close to 700 million now, um, as of. Uh, Bill Gates this offered us money.
3: I forgot to tell you all that we received an email from Bill Gates. Oh,
2: and a Nigerian prince. Well, oh, yeah. The, got, we well, were offered several million dollars if we just send a few thousand dollars to set up an account. For our money to be entrusted in, so I'm well, and, definitely and as, going and as for
4: far that. as Bill Gates, I've already talked to him and let him know about my Zune and told him that Microsoft could fuck off and we don't need his money. So we're gonna go with Nigeria.
3: But we use the Xbox. He'll cancel our Xbox if you piss him off too much.
4: That's true. Ah,
3: Fuck. We're gonna be filthy stinking rich. We'll buy his ass and sell it on the street.
4: Nigeria will hook us up. We ain't gotta worry about nothing. Yeah.
3: What was his name? Dan mm-hmm. Young? Young Dong? I told you earlier. He's a Nigerian prince Uh, with a Chinese. No,
4: that's that was Dan's YouTube video that he was trying to post, but they wouldn't let it go up. Was the young what?
2: Hey Jay, you asked me to do a favor, you asked me to post your home videos, and I did, and then I get all the heat for it. That's just ridiculous. That's
4: why I had you do it. I wasn't gonna take no blame for it. <laughs>
2: you
3: can't let this podcast break up. Don't do this now. Don't fight like this, please.
2: Stop fighting. Yeah, I think I think we are done with. I'm never talking to Jay again. That's it. <laughs> Ever. This podcast is
4: over. And, and just, because, just because just because uh, Undead
2: Southern. I'm I'm done with Undead, so I'm not talking... Oh, to
0: God! So
2: it, it, fuck it.
0: But
3: it's all about the East so Coast, West you Coast. You are gonna
2: again. have to tune in next week to find out if the Movie Night Podcast has, in fact, broken up over this ridiculousness of Jay dirty and Undead Muffin and Apocalypse <laughs> Dan.
4: <laughs> yeah, don't forget to include yourself, the biggest asshole in the group.
3: <laughs> you measured his asshole? You wouldn't measure mine.
4: Well, I didn't really have to measure his ass as much as measure my... And oh. that's the end of the podcast.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think you can think any lower than this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I could always put the most offensive to song. Quote Jay Dirty speaking to uh everyone he meets. Um fuck your grandma. <laughs> 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 oh Lord. This is uh We are out of here.
3: This yes. is, what is it? It's almost four in the fucking morning for me and Jay and, and three in the morning
2: for you for and, Dan, yes. Dan? Yeah. Yeah, I've only been up for 24 hours, because thanks to the uh, glory of World of Warcraft, I've been trying to get all kinds of uh, summer achievements done. Yeah, I'm that big of a loser. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you and your grandma.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's sign off
3: for this bitch. All right, we'll see you guys later. Take us out, Undead. Later, and I can't wait to... Possibly see you all on episode 20. Be here for the celebration
2: as oh, Dan oh, Host. Wait
4: a minute. Episode 20, Dan Host. What was promised for episode 20? <gasps>
2: Fuck, it was promised for episode 18. Bite me, Jay. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, let's go
4: for 20.
3: Yeah, let's have yeah. one every 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's one floating around there on the internet I can edit up and make it
2: perfect for this show.
4: Okay, new song oh. for the podcast, Wow Ruined My Podcast.
2: Wow. Do I yeah, have to no, I, I just want to say that that Undead's new intro is hot. Yes. I'm glad you all like it.
4: Any like I yes. said, every time I hear Mortal Combat, I get me a little woody.
3: Well, I was trying to edit that to say movie pod, not movie night, but uh, my voice just is too high pitched, and even as deep as I can make it, make it sound with audio uh, altering devices, I cannot quite match. Dude, the tunes.
4: see if you can get your wife to say it in a really, really deep voice. See how Are it you sounds. saying
3: my wife sounds more manly than me? No, it will you know. Well,
0: admittedly, <laughs> three-year-old girl that. sounds
2: manly than you undead. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Although, I think we're legally not allowed to have three-year-old girls on the show thanks to uh, J-Dirty.
3: And yeah.
2: remember, I was distributing a picture
3: <laughs> from DeviantArt today,
2: and I got a court hearing.
3: Sick. We will put that poster. <laughs> We're out of here, man. I'm going to bed.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guys, later,
3: guys Good night and keep fighting that fight. <laughs> God damn it. Thanks, guys. Later.
0: I've begun class lazy kind of you love. We've been home- Size and masturbate. Two, three, five.